My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. Jakey and I are going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 77 fight card, giving you our picks, our predictions, our bets, and our DraftKings plays. But before I do, I want to give you 50 bucks. UFC 290 was wild. My oh, my God. Were you there? My most confident pick on that card was Robert Whitaker. I don't know if I've ever been more wrong in my entire life. Not only did he get beat, he got beat bell to bell. So can I? I know. Can, oh, I, just, can I just run something by you real quick? That Next slide. And I'm not sure if you're going to agree or disagree or if or this is a topic of conversation. But I honestly feel like we have entered into an alternate universe, alternate reality. Because I'm telling you right now, every Saturday night for the past month, but for the past five, six weeks, when I go to bed on Saturday night, I just watched my lock of the week win. I literally just watched my lock of the week win. I go to bed. I wake up on Sunday. And I don't know. I, I've been watching TikToks about this. I think this is a real thing. Every time I, wa I wake up on Sunday, I'm looking. I'm real excited. I'm like, wait a second. They lost? I When I went to bed Saturday night, swear to God, Angelo, Yair Rodriguez had knocked out Volk in the third round. I went to bed happy. I woke up Sunday. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It's It's wild. You, you literally picked the worst underdog on that entire card. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But did I? Let's, let's talk about giving people $50. I will give you 50 bucks. Anybody and everybody. You will get $50. All you need to do is go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners using our link. And I send you 50 bucks. It's affiliate marketing. They're going to pay me. I break off some of that money. I give it right back to you. It's literally that simple. Wewantpicks.com slash bets. Sign up. Make a deposit. I'll send you 50 bucks. And yes, Jacob, I did oh. go to UFC 290. Let me give you a couple thoughts oh, at wow. UFC 290. These are the pictures you choose. Couldn't even, couldn't even the fucking throw the octagon in there. You, you were blocking the octagon. Well, that picture it might be hard to see. It's just oh, funny. No, that's, my, that's the decibel levels, but I mean, you would yeah, have thought. That, I mean, that was nice. actually. I thought it was pretty sweet. Anyway, the wife. It was actually by accident for my 40th birthday. She booked us a trip to Vegas. And then she was like, oh shit, UFC might be here. So then she bought us floor seats to UFC. Great gift. UFC was awesome. Couple of things, don't buy floor seats. I think she spent like $3,800 on two tickets. Can't see the cage. Like if I sat up straight and the people in front of me were all right, I could see it. But the better seats are like where halfway, I sat. Up, halfway up where these people are. They're actually less expensive as well because you can see what's going on. Also, the fights were wild. There is nothing like being at an event. If you want to get somewhat of a feel for it, I filmed a Fight Foods vlog. It's just all my, you know, footage from the fights, footage from the time in Vegas, stuff like that. The iPhone camera, because I wasn't walking around with a GoPro like a dildo. The iPhone camera does such a good job of isolating my audio that you don't really hear the surrounding audio. The Robbie Lawler retirement, the Chance Robbie, it was unbelievable like it sounded like a million people were chanting robbie it was absolutely how much you think so. nico took home take that fall <laughs> the fact how like, much how much i don't think he took a fall nico's chinny he's been knocked out many times before i think it's at least 100k on that no that well, fall. anyway um it was it was a ton of fun it was an insanely expensive trip that Probably wasn't. Did you even gamble? I don't gamble. Tiffany gambles. I gamble, but like, 
I played blackjack and stuff like that, but I, I wasn't going to... Hey, Tiff, fuck off while I play blackjack. I mean, you guys so can I sit just, there and play blackjack together. It's a lot of fun. That's what you do. You hang do out, that. you play blackjack. She, she does slot machines, so I tried to be a good husband and do that with her. I lost $100 in like 30 seconds. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Wow, this is very 30 seconds. Must have been the minimum on that, huh? They were a dollar and just hitting max bet. Max bet, max bet. Well, there it goes. There goes all the money with the electronic slot My, machine. The $100 bill I brought. It's gone. Yeah, I'm poor. We bet with a $100 bill, and that was the end of it. Anyway, it was a ton of fun. I recommend going. And if there is, they, they come to Dallas every couple of years. I don't know why they haven't oh been back Oh, my God, we should go. We should get we a suite. Well, I wanted to get a suite for the uh, Nate Diaz boxing match, and that shit was $20,000. So then they lowered the price. They cut the price in half after a week because they realized nobody was Is that still that going on? In a couple of actually, the only reason I haven't bought haven't tickets heard. is I just feel like it's not going to happen. So that's why I have not bought I tickets. I haven't heard anything about it. Well, remember he's Since. had fights canceled before too. This is not the first Ooh. time he would have had a. Jake Paul had a fight at Madison Square Garden and then canceled it. This was Jake like, Paul or this is Logan Paul. Jake Paul had the Madison Square Garden one. Canceled. I know, but who's fighting? Jake is fighting Nate. All right, shut up. Anyway, I'm guys, I literally can't remember if it's Jake or Logan. It's Jake. Yeah, the popular okay. one. Well, Logan's the actual boxer, so. Oh, no, Jake's the boxer. Okay. <laughs> Guys, uh, premium membership is way more than just copy-paste bets. I know a lot of people want the shortcut to the bets. I just want to copy-paste. And if you copy and pasted my bets outside of the safety parlay, it would have been up a little bit. I was up half a unit, but I only bet three units, so up half a unit's not so bad. But the reality is premium membership is so much more than copy-paste bets. It's teach a man the fish. Teach a man to fish. We give you tools and Have you information. Have been fishing? Like actual fishing? I know you bow fish, but... I go fishing all the time with the girls. Yeah, of course. Bass, huh? Grew... Yeah, yeah, you throw out the bobber and catch a bass, do you? You're not going to pretend I didn't grow up fishing. I grew up in fucking Connecticut. We were fishing all the time. Well, you're the one that's... We'd walk like down the railroad tracks. go out and catch bass. I said, you well, catch bass? Me, fish and, with... me and the girls, you know, all the time. No, you said you go fishing. I said, yes, all the time with my daughter. Then you said that you... Bass. Then you said, have you caught a bass? And yeah, no shit. I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, I don't know. You, I don't, I don't okay. know if you know how to throw anyway, cast. Do you use the, the thing with the button? This is, this is going to be an 11-hour show. I don't care. It's, it's my I only, do. It's my only sense of life in this world. Anyway... You get tools and information. The line movement tracker is one of those tools. You're going to get the opening odds, the current odds, the win probability, and the line movement for every single fight, which is incredibly, incredibly useful when trying to find trends and find spots. You're going to get detailed data, metrics, and analytics is available to you right now for this event. This is going to give you all the information on every fighter's fight history, their current UFC stats, so you can find your spot. Say, wow, this dude's been, all of his finishes have been this way, and this guy has this striking differential. All that data is available to you. You're also going to get the DraftKings Optimizer. This will build 150 lineups for you. If you don't know how wildly successful our community is playing DraftKings, then watch the beginning of the DraftKings video, $149,000 in DraftKings winnings in the last two months or something like that. You're also going to get Courses, one of the number one questions we get out of this video, the Tuesday video, is what are those giant DraftKings numbers? Well, the Beginner's Guide to DraftKings course is going to walk you through exactly what those are, how to build a lineup, and what all of that means. And I can promise you this. Playing DraftKings, you could agree with this statement. Playing DraftKings while watching fights makes it far more enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. 
Yep, he agrees. And you're also going to get more than just me and Jake. You can get Artem. Artem put out two videos this week on our channel for other promotions. You're going to get his bets, his breakdowns, his insight into KSW, Cage Warriors, PFL, all of those other shows. And you're also going to get the Pick Doctor. Pick Doctor is a human that built an AI that picks fights. It's completely in beta, but follow the journey. Follow along as we build this thing up so that it can outpick both Jacob and I. So that this video can just be fart jokes instead of actually trying to break down fights. All of that for only $10 a month. We on picks.com, just click become a member. It's $10 a month, not a week, not an event, a month. Or a dollar a, a minute bunch. of this fucking promo. We have, you're the one who drug this shit the fuck out. We got a you're whole bunch one. of- You're the one. How many pots have you smoking? $2 from Quint saying bald in quotes because I don't take my hat off, but there's some picture of me without a hat on. I'm not bald. Certainly not running around with a fucking- Thick, juicy head of hair, but it ain't bald, baby. Happy birthday, Quint. Thank you. Uh, Sam Pierce, dollar ninety nine. I scored seven hundred and sixty nine points on DraftKings and got sixth place in eleven thousand contests. In eleven contests, I'm guessing that's what this will say. Yeah, it was a wild week. No, it's, there's eleven thousand people in the contest. Holy fuck, man! I don't know if that's what it is, but anyway, congratulations. Sam Pierce, that's a huge get. Last night, or uh, Saturday night, was a wild, wild DraftKings card. And that's the Super Chats. Let's go ahead. Well, we have a gifted membership. Those don't pop up. Who gifted it? Phantom. My dude, Phantom. Very active in the Discord. Active in the chats. We love Phantom. And it went to Sam Pierce. So there you go. You're active in the chat. You donate money. you 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 get kickbacks. Congratulations. Guys, we already have 150 people watching. We haven't even broke down the first fight. Thank you all very, very much. How many? 150, Jacob. Oh, wow. Yeah, because we have people on Twitch as well. Muppet. First up, at UFC Vegas 77, we have Tucker Lutz taking on Melsic Bogdasarian. Tucker Lutz is 12-3 and three overall, 3-2 three and two in his last five, and he is looking to break a two-fight skid. He's taking on Melsic Bogdasarian. He's 7-2 and two overall, 4-1 and one in his last five. He's coming off that submission loss to Josh Koulibau. Tucker Lutz is actually kind of a solid striker. He's willing to engage. He'll set up his power rail, but he's mostly a wrestler. He has a wrestling background. He uses that to pressure forward. He's got big slam-style takedowns. He's averaging almost two per fight. His wins are dominant, but they're not exciting, right? He comes forward, he gets a big takedown, and he just hangs out on top for control instead of chasing a finish. He's riding back-to-back losses, most recently that submission to Daniel Pineda, where he got dropped first, and then he was choked. He's taking on Melsic Bogdasarian. This dude's a very aggressive striker, always moving forward, really diverse set of strikes. Does a good job mixing things up. He's long. He has a professional kickboxing background before he transitioned to MMA. And you can see those techniques inside the octagon. He's going to go to your body. He's going to use his kicks. He's going to put it all together really, really well. Good forward pressure, good power, very diverse, super fun to watch. In 2023, everybody's well-rounded, right? This is mixed martial arts, and it's not the early 90s or early 2000s, but this feels like an old-school grappler versus striker-style matchup, right? We watched Tucker get dropped. We watched Melsic get out-scrambled and submitted. Melsic is... A little less than the two-to-one favorite. You can see this line has tightened here. You know, the reality is I do think Melsic's going to win this fight. I agree with the line movement. I think this fight should have been a little closer. 
because they both have very clear paths to victory. I personally think the the gap on the feet is not nearly as wide as the grappling gap, right? I actually think that the grappling gap is the wider one, which would make me favor Tucker, but I am going to go Melsic to lose this fight. Big twist. Uh, I got Tucker Lutz winning this fight. I think he's going to come forward, <laughs> wrestle heavy. I tried my greatest Gordon Ramsay there. <laughs> I, I like Tucker Lutz oh to win God. this fight. Super, super close. Super, super close. I do think Tucker can come forward, stick with the wrestling, tuck his chin, and then just sort of out-grapple Melsic here. But this is a dumb, dumb close fight. I know you completely disagree. What do you think? If, if Tucker Lutz beats Melsic to start the card on Saturday. Don't say something stupid. Because and I'm live streaming. We've seen I this. am going to shut that fucking stream off and just accept that. Like I said earlier, we are, we are in a complete new twilight <laughs> zone. If Melsic is getting beat by Tucker Lutz, yes, he is a good wrestler. Yes, he is a good grappler, but he is slow to get to those positions. He is a very kind of march forward to kind of press you against the cage to get those takedowns. He's not shooting these crazy singles, these blast doubles, because he's such a stiff guy in the octagon. He's stiff in the wrestling. He's stiff in the striking. This dude is just a walking heavy bag, marching forward with okay boxing and okay power. And if Melsic can't put this guy out, and I mean out, early, then I don't know what is going on in this fight. I have no idea what these odds are doing. Minus 200. I put a bet on Melsic minus 200 thinking that that was going to go to minus 250. It's went the other way. I have no idea what is going on with this fight because Tucker Lutz is way too stiff to get to a guy like Melsic who is dominating that Cooley Bow fight until like a weird little slip and then a scramble and he got his neck caught. But, you know, that is what it is. It's, I mean, he, he just, I have no idea. What is going on with this fight? I, I swear to God, if Melsic loses to start the card Saturday, I'm fucking done. I might just be done forever. I, I don't get it. That's how I feel uh, about this fight. I'm, I'm, and I'm a little bit biased because I do like Melsic, but he, I mean, there's no way you can watch Tucker Lutz in the stand-up and be like, oh yeah, he's got a shot here. Well, I agree, but there's gaps in his stand-up. There's gaps in Melsic's grappling, and I think the gaps in Melsic's grappling are wider than the gaps in Tucker's stand-up. And I will say, if he gets to Melsic, he definitely can take him down. I mean, I watched, what was it, Colin Anglin just kind of like scoop him. I mean, there's one of the easiest two takedowns I've ever seen. I just don't think with his, with the with the movement and how much he's going to punish him on the entries, I just don't think he can survive. Yeah, this is not a hill I'm dying on, right? I, I watched the tape. I watched both fighters. And uh, I do tend to favor wrestlers. But wrestlers are the ones that can control where fights go. And I think if Tucker can control. But we watched him get dropped, a little chinny. And Melsic's the kind of guy who's going to find that. Melsic can keep his power a little late. So I'm not going to disagree with the Melsic pick, but I did go the other way. Probably going to keep my money here. He's 28 years old, but I swear to God, he fights like he's fucking 43, 44 years old. Just the way that he moves inside the out guy. He's coming off like back surgery and stuff too. It's like... Well, the AI picked Tucker. And we've talked about the AI before. The AI, it's in beta. It doesn't even have grappling statistics. All it has is biometrics and striking. It doesn't even know their records. It doesn't know their nationality. It doesn't know that grappling exists. Purely based off of biometrics and striking, it picked Tucker Lutz. <laughs> Probably because he's younger and longer, which I was surprised he was younger as well. He seems like he's been around forever. So anyway, you and I are split on this. Are You're confident enough to spend $9,200 in DraftKings? Uh, I, I, I think that if he's not finishing this guy, I don't know what he's doing. 
I mean, that's what it comes down to. Melsic isn't, if he can't finish Tucker Lutz, then he's not who I think he is. And I still think he is who I think he is. That was a karma situation at Koulibau. He pushed Koulibau at the faceoffs. So he had a little bit of karma coming. He was born in that fight. And then he gets caught. He's paid his dues. He's got to put this guy away. You got to, man. I, I, uh, inside the distance decision, no action is probably the bet to make here for Melsic. Cause I don't think Tucker will submit Melsic. I think he's in a wet blanket him. And, but Melsic is the one that has all the finishing upside. So, you know, I hear you. He's more dangerous for sure. We you're hearing, but you're not drop, listening. You're hearing, but just, you're not listening. I'm just not agreeing. Too you're very, not listening. Different things. Uh, that kid, Fight Talk Only, who like tweets stuff for attention, is asking for a free membership to the Discord. Listen, Discord's 100% free, pal. Go join the Discord. It is free. The only thing premium membership gets you in the Discord is access to private channels, which gives you alerts on your phone when we place bets and stuff like that. But uh, it's only $10 a month. We don't do handouts. Not for $10 a month, pal. We have well over 2,000 active premium members, and we appreciate every single one of you. And if I were to give you a free membership for no reason, then that would be discrediting thing. Oh, then. my God. Then you'd have to give it to everybody. That is true. I'm going to do that everybody. No promo codes. None of that bullshit. It's fucking $10. And all the stuff you get is absolutely insane. You Sorry, get the line movement tracker. The detailed data and metrics. I don't know why he's treating me the worst in this one. He was like, Jacob, help me. Like you were going to say, yeah, give him a free membership. Huh? That's what he asked for a free membership. And then he said, tell him, Jacob. Like you were going to say, yeah, give him a free membership. You agree with me? I think he was probably, uh, when I was breaking down Melsic, is what he's talking about, old man. No, it was no, it wasn't. I'm not the old one. It was all in the same text. I understand, but it was what he wrote that a while ago while I was talking about Melsic. That is an incorrect statement on your part. <laughs> I mean, he he can answer it right now if you want. <laughs> Sam Pierce says just get premium. I've been a premium member for months and it has paid for years of membership. And yo, know, that's uh, I appreciate that, Sam, very very much. Obviously, we have ups and downs, and it depends on what you tail. You tail the right bet, it hits. You tail the wrong one, it'll miss. Even like we could be up and you hit the wrong one. We could be down. You could hit the right one. That's the reality of it. But that's why we have spent so much time and effort focusing on the tools, the information, the insight and everything else. So it is by far the most complete package out there. $10 a month. We own picks.com. It's not jokes. Fight talk. When you're asking to take food out of these beautiful girls mouths, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. The younger one has a peanut allergy. Do you know how expensive EpiPens are? Fight talk. It's more than one membership. I'll tell you that much. Actually, do you know how expensive an EpiPen is? Yeah, my mom has one. Why? What's she allergic to? Blaze. <laughs> I just, there were just so many meat things that like right to my head. And I said, oh, yeah. See what happens. No, I like your yeah, mom. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it to me either. <laughs> okay. Next up at UFC Vegas 77, we have Austin Lingo. Dallas is home. His father runs a car dealership right by my old place. Did you know that? Where Casey grew up. The Ferrari place. That's where I got mine. Takes on Melk Costa. Austin Lingo, 9-2. and two. Overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He's coming off that short notice loss to Nate Land where he's taking on Melk. I'm not going to say the whole name. Melk Costa, 19-6 and six overall. 3-2 and two in his last five. He's coming off a short notice loss to Tiago Moises. A lot of these people are well-rounded, and somebody made fun of me in the comments for using the term well-rounded often. When I say well-rounded, that typically means... The better really fighter. A, well, they don't have a go-to. 
Oh. Right? Like I could say this person's a striker who can also grapple. But when I'd say well rounded, like Austin Lingo's pretty well rounded guy. They're like, um they're they're uh they are they lots of tricks, but they're masters and they can't master one of them. What's that you phrase? Right there, you had it. Yeah, no, it's a jack of all trades, master of none. You're right there. Got it. Uh Anyway, Austin Lingo can do all the things. He actually will lean more heavily on striking than anything. He's pretty light in his feet. He's got some power. He's got some speed. Mixes in elbows. Nice. He's got some solid variety. He also uses his jab well. And we haven't seen a knockout yet in the UFC from him, but he does have knockdowns in each one of his wins. He's got a 78% takedown defense, and you'll see that he was taken down and submitted in his last fight, but that was Nate Landwehr on short notice. So that takedown defense is actually... Artificially low, if you include that last fight, short notice. He's taking on Melk Costa. That guy's well-rounded as well. Creative striker, solid grappling. His takedowns are forced, right? They're not the cleanest, smoothest takedowns, but he's strong enough. He's persistent enough. He's going to get you to the cage, work you all the way to the ground, or at least rack up some control time trying to do it. You're going to see him work for those takedowns pretty often, but I don't know why, because his striking is usually pretty solid, and he's doing well enough that he doesn't need to go to the wrestling. He is coming off that short notice loss to Tiago Moises, this is another fight where the odds, I thought they were wide at the open line. And now they're widening even more. I think this fight should be a little closer. Is that face for me? What? Why are you making that dumbass face? Can we just keep going with the breakdowns? I would just appreciate if you didn't make stupid fucking faces on my monitor. Anyway, uh, I think this fight should be a little bit closer. Like, I get it. Melk is sort of a prospect here. He's got hands. He can grapple. But Lingo is very, very tough. He can put together some quality wins. I think a full camp Melk is better than a full camp Lingo. But I'm not going to put my money on him. I think this is a really good fight for us to find out how good both of these guys are. Because I think Austin Lingo's got a little bit of a short stick here with his last couple of opportunities. And... Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he came out here was more game than people expected. But Melk's going to be the pick. He is the pick. But no bet. I'm not confident at two to one odds. What do you think? Uh, you and Austin have the same tattoo, don't you? Mine doesn't like encompass my nipple. You want to roll up that sleeve for the people? It's it's quite large. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. I, it's, I, I would get hell it removed yeah. if I could. Honestly, I should get it removed. I'm 40. I got it at 19 years old. Somebody was like, I couldn't imagine being 40 with a tribal tattoo. It's like, yeah, me either, dude. I got to wear long sleeves at work and shit. (laughs) Me either. I never thought. (laughs) 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 Just every time you get out of the shower, look in the mirror, just fucking like, fuck. What am I doing? Another long sleeve shirt today. (laughs) Especially I work from home and like, I dress like a homeless person half the time. People must look at me and be like, that's the what neighbors are like, man, she must That's make a lot of money. Yeah, how do they afford that house? Look at him. Holy shit, the guy's just always just don't. walking the dog throughout the <laughs> middle of the day, talking on the phone, doing nothing. Holy shit, what a bum. They definitely assume. <laughs> okay, that what I felt like you actually wanted to say. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so when it comes to this fight, I think there's it's there's no doubt that that Costa is the more well-rounded fighter, in my opinion. Austin Lingo, as you mentioned, can do pretty much anything, but when he is striking, what he wants to do is basically just all boxing. I mean, he's moving forward, boxing, throwing the, kind of the same combinations, but he's a tough dude, and he makes it work, and that's how kind of how he, he wins his fights. He'll just kind of methodically break down his his opponents through his boxing. 
And he really struggled against Nate Landwehr when Nate started getting the distance, landing some kicks, and obviously uh, got the fight to the ground. And if I'm coasting this matchup, that's what I do. I I, I, I shoot the takedowns. I, I work the grappling. And and, I, and that is the easiest path to, path to victory against Austin Lingo because you don't really want to box with this guy. Because if he starts boxing with this guy, this fight could turn very, very interesting very, very fast. And when I watch Costa fight, he's got the grappling, he's got the wrestling, but that dude does like the strike. And he likes doing the spinning stuff and the wild stuff. And he is a much better kicker than he is boxer, but he will get in the pocket and boom, boom, boom. He, he's one of those guys that when he eats a shot, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's not taking it serious. And against a guy like Austin Lingo, you don't want to be doing that type of stuff. So I'm going with Costa because he's got the tools to win the fight. But there could be a moment in this fight in the first round where if he's just standing there and boxing with this guy, Austin Lingo, he's going to end up getting broken down, probably lose the second round, probably lose the third round, could lose his fight. So I hope that he's wrestling. I hope that he's dynamic with the striking. But if he stays in the pocket with Austin Lingo, I mean, this fight is could be fucked. So I don't trust Costa quite as much as probably a lot of people do, but he should win, right? I mean, I think he should win. <laughs> so you and I had the exact same read on this. Why were you making faces? What are you talking about? Before, when I was breaking it down, you were like... That's the Mandela effect. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The, Your universe is different than my thing. universes. We're in different... This is... I don't know what's happening these days, but something's weird happening. I know that. Girls, lay down. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Tiffany's... Lay the Tiffany's fuck like, down. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, they insist on sleeping together in the summer. But all they do is, like, jump on top... They have their own rooms, their own everything... They insist on sleeping together, and then they—it's—it's it's brutal. Didn't you and your brother sleep together until you grew in high school? <laughs> no. 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 I thought that's why he's so short because you kept him as little spoon for fucking seventeen years. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's what you get, Vinny. That's what you get, he just Vinny. stunned his growth every night. He's just curled up underneath Angelo. <laughs> just kids catching growing for inch. No reason whatsoever. Angelo's growing inches though that night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway. You and I have the same read on this, which would mean that $9,100 in DraftKings for Mel Costa is probably a bit much, right? I don't see him winning by finish. Austin Lingo's a little too tough to get finished on his feet like that. Right, yeah. And I Melk's agree. not going to outgrapple him. So. I agree. Look at us. Two peas in a pot. You know, when I broke down this fight, I thought there was a chance that Costa might be the underdog. And I liked him as an underdog. But then sure. I saw the odds, and I was like, oh, man, yeah. And it's widening. You know what? There's going to be some really weird line movement on this card because... It's a sketchy card. So what happens is people that shouldn't be massive favorites end up becoming massive favorites. And then, you know, it, it looks even worse than it actually is. So people this might be one of those Robert spots. Robert Whitaker money. <laughs> Bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I literally might have never been more confident in a fight pick in my entire life. You know, then Robert, really then Robert Whitaker destroying Drake's two plus was the Yasmin. <laughs> the fact the Yasmin one pissed I, me off I so actually, much because okay. no, this is what why the Yasmin one pissed me off because there were so many people that were like, "Oh, Denise Gomes knocked out Brazil." By the way, she's my lock of the week. Knocked out Brazil, and uh, Yasmin just got knocked down in her last fight too. So, and they made this easy little one plus one equals two connection, which hardly and ever right. works, and it's so <laughs> it's so easy and so lazy, and it fucking worked. And everyone's like, uh, "I told you," it's like. Holy shit. I, I, Yasmin wins that fight. Fucking, I would have said 10 out of 10, but 9 out of 10 times. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I saw that one. We walked into the arena while that was happening. Well, she and was I just, was like, and you're watching slow motion <laughs> going, no. 
<laughs> Dude, walking fully, into that arena like a fucking too, movie. Well, we have clear. You know, what clear is the eyeball thing. At oh the wow! Here we go. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, so we have clear. It's not. It's not like it's dumb expensive. Anybody wow! No, say say it more. Anyway, we have, you clear. have clear. We do. It's at the arena. So we walk in. You know, we we went to dinner at Gordon Ramsay's, <laughs> and we go to the arena. And there's this huge line. We see people with the clear shirts. Where we have clear. They go, all right, come with me. It's like a second back door. And we walked in like on the floor through the tunnels, come popping out like right into the arena. And I just see Yasmin falling like a tree. It was like, holy shit. That's what we walked in on. It was awesome. When I it went there, awesome. 285, when I walked in, Bruce Buffer was like, Tabitha, reach. Oh, that's when you got there? Yeah, right, cool. right during those introductions. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, rock hard. A <laughs> uh, couple things while we're talking about it. Uh, Dixon said he wanted to know about the Beef Wellington. I ate it. Gordon Ramsay's steak. If you watch Hell's Kitchen, then you know Beef Wellington is like his meal. I thought it was, it was Shepherd's awesome. Pie. Not at his fancy restaurant. I think, I think Shepherd's Pie is like his pie. favorite mom's meal or something. Anyway, mm. you could cut this thing. You know what Beef Wellington is? Uh course it's a filet it's of a course filet. I mean, we're gonna of course i do yeah of course I'll, it's like I'll, 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 you'll meet everybody a, else yeah, so I'll, yeah it's, it's, it's a filet no go ahead it's a filet go yeah ahead, you can the rest wrapped in, in prosciutto Jodo. like a mushroom confit and then right. puff pastry and then yep. it's baked to medium rare medium so rare. basically a steak yep. shoved inside a pastry right. you could have cut it with a spoon it was so so it was unbelievable so that's your answer to your question dixon and then somebody said, I heard the Bud Light seltzers were $19 at the arena. So I didn't get a, I like high noons um, or just straight vodka club. I got a vodka club. Guess how much? All right. So Tiffany and I ordered, she got some. Well, I know the answer. Spritz. So yeah, you're yeah. asking me. Tiffany ordered an Aperol spritz. I ordered a vodka a club. A what? Aperol spritz. It's champagne, Aperol, and something else. It's it's like fluffy special whatever. Anyway, so, what, what what happened to just getting some beers, man? What happened? That's what's wrong with this beer. country. Beer makes, yeah, it's people stuff. like you that's wrong with this country. You <laughs> it's can't the just pickup go and just driving. get a couple. Of, you can't yeah. just get a couple fucking beers and just fucking have the people who life. drink the people who drink in high noons instead of beer and the people driving pickup trucks that don't put dirt in the back. You're ruining this country. Anyway. She ordered her drink. I ordered mine. Fairness to the, the arena. Mine was a double. $98. $98. And I literally said, I think you rung up the wrong drinks. And she goes, no. I go, how are two drinks $98? <laughs> Sticker shock. Said, she goes, yours is a double. <laughs> you go, double. Spit it, you spit it. You just spit it back in. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I, I don't think so. We're just going to pass. <laughs> I could not believe it. And I, and I literally was like, you know me. I'll, I don't care. I'll say whatever. I was like, this is outrageous. And she was Can like, Can I speak we, to a manager? She goes, We raised our prices after we won the Stanley Cup. You said we, you should have went, We. <laughs> we. So, and then I did the, I had the exact same routine with a different guy at a different bar area because I like, I was walking around the arena. There was a lot looking of for, time to kill. <laughs> looking for better prices. <laughs> <laughs> the lady on the floor said it's probably cheaper upstairs. No joke. So we're like, fuck it. Let's go upstairs. Maybe it's cheaper. <laughs> was taking the fucking elevator to the top <laughs> to save $3. <laughs> so, I, so this time I met up with uh, the pick doctor, was actually at the fight. So I met up with him. I bought him and his wife beers. 
and I made the same comment. I made the same comment to the guy, the the guy serving him, and he goes, "Not only are they twenty three dollars, they didn't raise my pay. I only get ten dollars an hour." It's like Jesus. Hey, so I didn't need to know how much. How much you tip him? Well, that's the thing. He turned the thing. I only make ten dollars an hour. <laughs> so it's just gonna ask you a quick question. And then there's a, it's a, like like at the bottom here, it's like scrolling at the top of the tip bar. I only make $10 an hour. <laughs> He's just going to ask you a quick And then question. there's like, after like the, the 30%, it's like all like sparkly and like popping out. It's like this big on the screen. Dude, I had two different two different purchases today. What what were my two purchases? Amazon oh, Day. No, I, I my daughter didn't, the youngest didn't want to go to school today. So I was like, if you go to school, after school, you can have a, a treat. So I pick her up. Wait, and what? Like a doll? She wanted a, a treat, like a sweet treat. Like a donut <laughs> hole or something. You're gonna get your treat. Uh, a, like a donut hole or something. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I pick her up. Right next to her school is like two different like treat places. One of them, we walk in. My one daughter's like, I want a little ice cream. So we go to, Quinn, it's fucking daycare. You're 20 years old. You don't get it. Um, Quinn's going to a Blink concert. And he's, he's like, he literally is like 20. I'm like, you don't even know who the fuck Blink is. <laughs> so anyway, we go in and the one machine said tip. It was a $3 ice cream and it was like 15%, 20%, whatever. So I just did 15%. The Ooh, other wow. one, Ooh, the other one I bought, I bought little pretzel bites or whatever. And I think it was like four bucks, same, same type thing. But this was $1, $2, $3 tips. So they got a dollar. That's the move. <laughs> That's the move. If you're gonna if you're gonna guilt people in the trip in the tips, put the dollar amount, not the percentage. Oh shit! Yeah. So <laughs> you can't just give these poor high school kids an extra two bucks. Fuck that, huh? Working summer jobs. Angel's like, fuck you. Well, okay. Speaking... Hold on one second, Jacob. Hold on. Please hold. Uh, say something while I yell at these children. All right, Angelo's gonna try and convince you guys that. Victoria is going to win this fight and don't fucking listen to a word he's about to fucking say on this fight because he is fucking clueless. So he's going to he's going to do his whole song and dance about everything. Don't fucking listen to a word he's about to say because I got all <laughs> the intel on this fight. He's having a full on conversation. This is I said, girls, I have to film tonight. So you're not sleeping in the same room. And then they were like all sweet and nice before bed. So I let them sleep in the same room now like this. Anyway, next up at UFC Vegas 77, we have Victoria Dudakova taking on Estela Nunes. Why is this guy shitting on my graphics? What's wrong with this graphic? Uh, he, just said his second, he just says a secondary graphics guy. What is your deal, man? <laughs> Holy shit. He's just saying like, hey, if you guys need extra help. Oh, I'm just <laughs> used to, I'm just, holy my shit. Bad. My bad. I'm oh used to people. I'm used to making mistakes. I thought that's oh what it was. Anyway, we have Victoria Dudakova taking on Estela Nunez. Victoria Dudakova undefeated. 6-0 and in her career. She's coming back after successful knee surgery as well. She's taking on Estela Nunez. 6-4 and four overall. 1-4 and four in her last five. She's looking for a UFC win at all costs. Estella is 0-3 in the UFC. She's having a little bit of a rough go out of it. She only has 10 MMA fights, but she does have a very long, extensive kickboxing career. She's fast. She's got solid power, incredibly versatile striking offense. If you ignore her actual MMA record and just watch her fight, 
You're going to see that she's dangerous. She's live in pretty much every fight. And while her striking is dangerous, her grappling does need a little bit of work. She's coming up that loss to Yasmin Yaryui, where we mentioned earlier she did have a knockdown to start that fight. She's taking on Victoria Dudikova, who is a very exciting fighter. She's going to come across the cage. She is going to let her hands fly. She's either going to keep striking distance, which she's done, or she's going to work in some grappling. Her striking is clean. It's powerful. Her BJJ is slick. You're going to find tape of her shooting blast doubles as well as defending takedowns and firing away. She's impressive for somebody only 6-0 and in her MMA career. And if she's built the right way, she can be a big deal. I'm very high on Victoria in this fight. Just a few weeks ago, we had Ivana Petrovic. That was, she was a huge bust. She was a huge bust. On paper, they seem similar, but they're not similar. Ivana was a jiu-jitsu nerd fighting uh, an actual UFC veteran that had some solid fights under her belt. Victoria is fighting Estella, who's basically just a kickboxer in an MMA cage. I think Victoria can get this to the ground. I think Victoria can finish this fight. Victoria has proven to be tough. She's proven to have gas. Uh, I think she can absolutely be the real deal here. I love her. At I liked her at minus 250. I love her at minus 204. I think she wins this fight. Jacob's going to tell you otherwise. Uh, I'll tell you right now, she's one of my most confident picks on a sketchy-ass card. <clears throat> Go ahead. Can I have your uh, promise that you're not going to interrupt me? Because I didn't interrupt you. I didn't, I didn't say a word. He won't make that promise. Go ahead. Listen here, guys. You, please. <clears throat> I, I just want to make sure that they understand that this is not a not a joke. This is not a anything of that sort. This is a serious matter. And this is a serious fight. And, and we want to have a serious conversation about this fight. What I need everyone to do is watch Vic. I'll call her Vic. In her fights, just simply just watch Vic, especially that contender series fight. And I know at the end of the second round, she blew out her knee. So that that is what it's got. Got to take down the third round with a blown out knee. Very impressive. I will give her that. Um, but just kind of just kind of really watch her and watch some of those takedowns that she's getting on people. And then watch, you know, striking that Angelo's saying is clean and powerful. And, and, and then watch Estella Nunes. Okay, because Estella Nunes is a Muay Thai, a two-time Muay Thai champion, record of 50-4 and four in Muay Thai, and you see the takedown defense improving every single fight against Ariana Carnelosi. Some good takedown defenses early in that fight. Eventually, was was worn down, but she's getting worn down, and she does get tired later in the fight. Let's talk about Estella here. She does get, but she is getting worn down because she is just beating the absolute fuck out of these girls for like seven, eight minutes, and they will not go down. Ariana Carnelosi is a very, very tough, durable girl. I mean, Estella is just lighting her ass up, and then eventually gets tired, and then she starts getting taken down, and then she gets admitted. Against Sam Hughes, that's a, she won that fight. She got a point deducted, and then it was a majority draw. She won that fight, and she got tired after beating the absolute fuck out of Sam Hughes for five, seven, eight, nine minutes of that fight. Sam Hughes was just a, a, a heavy bag, and Estella was defending takedowns absolutely fine early on in that fight. Against Yasmin, defended a couple takedowns as well. Dropped Yasmin, but you see the improvements every single fight. Yes, she is 6-4, and four, but she could easily be nine and one and a girl in this division because her striking is fast she is light on her feet it's going to be the footwork the circling out and the power shots landed on this girl Vic that is going to put her the fuck 
out. I love Estella Nunez in this matchup to get it done. She, she has good takedown defense early. Vic is not overwhelming in her wrestling, in her grappling. She's just kind of a lay-and-pray type person, even if she gets you down. But I don't see any explosive takedowns from her. Estella can defend the kind of body lock takedowns. You've seen it time and time again. Just watch the same use. Watch the Carnalosi. She is constantly, when people push her against the cage, shedding them off, shedding them off for the first round and a half. That is all it's going to take. Estella Nunez is going to knock this girl the fuck out. Completely disagree. I know what he said because him and I have been fighting about this all week in text messages. I, uh, I mean, I'm willing to bet you whatever amount of money you'd like to bet. Well, you said a thousand dollars, but you said it was straight up. Not doing straight up. But if you're that confident, <laughs> if you're that confident, if you're that confident, yeah, if you're that confident, then give me the fucking odds. I mean, the odds move. I, I should take the fucking. Plus 400 odds, because that's what she fucking opened up as. If you're so oh, confident, that's but how I'll take betting the plus... works, idiot. I'll give you, we'll, we'll bet a thousand if you give me 1750 back. I'll do that. That's odds. <laughs> and those are very low odds compared to what they used to be. No, it I'm should not be gonna, two I'm... to one. No, I'm going to let the line continue <laughs> and move, and we'll do it at the end of the week. You're the one insisting. <laughs> no, no, that's good. You don't have to, yeah, we get it. Okay. We all get it. Sure. We all get sure. it. <laughs> So, Jacob, how much money will you be betting on her through the bookies with your plus 174 odds? It's going to be a lot. Tune in for that live stream. I, this one is going to be a lot I, of fun. I assume it's thousands. Why do we have to wait for the live stream? It's going to be a lot of fun because that's what we do for the live the stream. line's tightening. Oh, okay. Surprised you don't have thousands of dollars on her right now. And by the Confident way, that, that last fight against against uh, Yasmin was like a that was a, that was a <laughs> like an early stop, and she was just on her back and was like covering up and was defending shots and looking at her what and Keith Peters was like stop stop because she was like what the fuck are you doing why'd you stop the fight she get she did get dropped but I mean Vic is her striking is terrible. Okay, should be fun to watch. Hey, you know what I did buy? People keep talking about shoeies. Have you seen those? I'm, I'm like turning into a college kid all over again. Have you seen those More cracking tribals. things? Get on the deck. <laughs> Get the snake <laughs> around. Coming up there. Have you seen the cracking things on TikTok? No. It's like a shotgun device. You like click it into your beard. Just oh yeah, like, I actually saw one of those uh, today. Yeah. He, but a guy did it with a fucking Sprite, with a, like a 16-ounce yeah. Sprite. And he something. didn't burp. I, didn't <laughs> I know, he burp. was like, but I mean, that video <laughs> stopped pretty quick. He was like, <laughs> he was like, tune in for the next one. <laughs> and then it just shut yeah, off. Like, like, I didn't do that. Anyway, I bought two of those, because fuck it. I figured, I actually bought them because I'm like, Jacob and I, because it's not messy. Like, I'm not going to shotgun a beer in my office. I live in a yeah. house. Like, this isn't a basement. But if I figure out how to use this thing. Uh, you could have, you could have. I didn't go I live in, in a house. You. This isn't an apartment. I didn't go in on you. You're my friend. I, I was. I was you. kind of wishing you would. Oh, I wasn't going to do that. I thought. I mean, I looked you right in the eyes and thought about it big time, but I didn't. Anyway, I was like, instead you know, you we... instead you threw Joey T under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he has. But he has got the tarp. Oh no, it's a sheet. <laughs> it's a sheet. It's iron. And yeah, that's iron. a that's a eighty thread count sheet. <laughs> It's just see-through. It's a sheer sandpapery sheet. Anyway, I bought two of those because I was like, I'll give one to Jacob and and we start arguing about this shit. We could do one of those or something. I'm turning into a college kid. We played beer pong at my house last weekend. I'm 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 Benjamin Button. I'm aging in reverse. How much do you have on Vic? <sighs> She's in the safety part of life. Mm. 
So, because you think bucks. Yeah, yeah, so, you kind of said so. that he was one of your most confident picks. So I just want to Yeah, I bet a couple hundred dollars a weekend tops like a human, like a person, like a Un- unlike you, eighteen hundred, like two thousand. Anyway, become a premium member. You can see the other half of that safety parlay. Now you probably don't want it because you don't think she's going to win. But I'm telling you, I'm very, very confident in her. It's a lock. And the other half of this. (laughs) She's my lock of the week. Ooh, funny video. Guess what? Lawsuit coming your way, buddy. I've been waiting for that. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I'm I'm the second Guido. The second Guido on YouTube that you're going to attack for saying lock of the week. Fucking Muppet bitch. Anyway, we on Pixar comments only $10 a month. You can unlock everything, including the safety parlay, which I promise you we'll get back on track. And this is the fight to do it. This is the fight to do it. Yeah, I promise you the lock of the week can get back on track. And this might be the fight to do it. Here's the beauty of it, who it's not only her last performance. You can't base somebody's entire career off their last performance. (laughs) If that were the case... (laughs) <laughs> then Robbie Lawler, based off of his last performance, was going to get knocked out by Nico Price. Can't do that, pal. Can't do that, pal. Just watch your fights. That's all I ask. I did. You just made it up. Anyway, fuck uh, off. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Next up at Win UFC Vegas 77. We're right there. At UFC Vegas 77, we have Evan Elder. Taking on Gennaro Valdez. Evan Elder, 7-2 overall, 3-2 in his last five. He is coming off that grappling loss to Natan Levy. He's taking on Gennaro Valdez, 10-2 overall, 3-2 in his last five. I think it's Hanaro. He is... Gennaro. Hanaro. I got the flags mixed up. I need that graphics guy. Fight talk only. Where, where are you at, man? I need some fucking help with these graphics. Would that be Yvonne? No. God, so fucking sloppy. Anyway, Gennaro, Gennaro, Deliro, Valdez, incredibly well-rounded guy. I love saying well-rounded. He's primarily a grappler, though. He does have absolutely no issues getting into a slugfest. His striking can be wild. It can be fun. He uses it really well to set up those takedowns. He's only one and two in the UFC, but he has had an interesting run. He dominated his contender series win with four takedowns, a knockdown, and a second-round finish. And then he fought Matt Frivola. He was knocked down four times, which honestly just talks about how tough he is. And then most recently, he was completely outgrappled by Natan Levy. He's been in a whole bunch of different fights that looked very different ways. He's taking on Evan Elder. This guy's very talented. He's good everywhere. He's got loose striking. He lands heavy kicks, solid punching combinations. He's got nice takedowns as well. And when he hits the mat, he's going to stay composed and he's methodically going to work for control while still managing to land strikes and just rain down from the top. He does have solid submission defense. We saw that in his loss to Preston Parsons. He's coming off that loss to Nazim Sadikov where he had a knockdown, which was good. Striking looks solid overall. Cool. Takedown looks solid. Cool. He's just way too hittable, and that's the problem here. This line's moving like crazy. What? Well, it sounds like we see this fight the same way, Angie. Maybe. I thought you picked... Well, we'll find out in a second. Anyway, the fact that he's hittable is the problem. More than a 3-to-1 favorite seems way wider than it needs to be. Both these guys have back-to-back losses. Both of them have lost to both grapplers and strikers. I think that Evan 
is actually probably going to win. So that's why I don't know if we read this the same way. I think he's probably going to win because I think he's just a tiny bit better everywhere except just straight up BJJ. But he is very, very hittable. And he needs to stay out of trouble here because Gennaro Valdez can crack and I'm not laying down minus 326 on a guy that gets hit that often. So Evan Elder's the pick, but I'm fading the bet here. What do you think, Jakey Boy? I 100% agree. I'm going with Evan Elder because his path to victory should be so obvious. It should just be the wrestling, the grappling, the control. Slow down this guy, Valdez, because he is going to be live early. Get all the danger away. Put him on his back and just win the fight that way. And Evan Elder has the ability to do that. He can get the takedowns. He, ha he can have the control. But Evan Elder will strike. And he is a pretty decent striker. But Angelo nailed it. He does get hit. He got clipped in his last fight. And if there's a guy you do not want to be in the pocket and box against, it is Valdez. I know he can get dropped as well. And maybe El Evan Elder is coming in this fight knowing he's getting dropped and thinking, oh, I want to knock this guy out too. And all of a sudden, Valdez is landing the shots. When he lands, he lands heavy. Heavy. I mean, he, he almost knocked out for Volley in that matchup. Even when he was hurt, he lands heavy. Against Natan Levy, he was getting destroyed by Natan Levy's kicks. But in the boxing exchanges, he was winning pretty much every single boxing exchange against Natan Levy. If he comes in, speaking of Evan Elder, if he comes in and tries to just stand and bang, this is a fucking coin toss fight. I mean, this turns into a 50-50 fight. But if he comes in with the game plan, with the wrestling, on the feet, Throw some kicks, keep your distance, and do not try to just stand in the pocket and box this guy. It should be an easy win. So Evan Neller could come in and look like, oh my God, he should have been a minus 600 favorite with the wrestling or whatever. Or he could come in and be like, holy fuck, he just fucked up my parlay. I don't know what to expect. I love it, Evan Neller, former lock of the week. Got the cut. He was on his way to winning that fight. The cut stopped, um, you know, that was a couple months ago. But he's a tough dude, man. I love Evan Neller, and he should dominate this fight. I mean, he should dominate this fight, but we'll see what the game plan is. I'm surprised. I am surprised we both read that the same way. Uh, I thought you would have agreed with this line movement. But again, what I said earlier, right? It's a it's a sketchy card. So mid-level favorites are going to balloon up to giant favorites because people just feel like they have to put their money on something. And there's... <laughs> there's Price and there's FOMO, not... too. Anytime you, you see that a lot, anytime the line starts moving, it just yeah. also it'll just keep it'll just keep moving because people are like, holy shit, why is it moving? Let me throw some money on it before it moves more, you know, like stocks. Well, and I pump the line movement tracker because I think it's very important to see that movement because to do exactly what I do, where I, I watch the tape, I, well, first I look at my notes, then I'll go ahead and watch tape if I need to. I'll break it down. Then I'll look at the odds. And I'm always just like, Jesus Christ, those are the odds. And then I'll look at what the opening odds were. And it's like, what? This what? is the trend? And it'll actually make me less confident. Because if I only saw the minus 326 and didn't see what it opened at, I actually probably would have been a little more confident in Evan Elder. I probably would have been like, okay, all right. like. But the fact that I saw what the opening odds were, then I saw the current odds. I was like, no, that that's, that is actually what it should have been. And it actually helps me stay away from spots like this. So... If you want to get yourself access to that line movement tracker, it's only $10 a month for every single thing we've ever done at wewantpicks.com. DraftKings, $9,400, full fade. Full fade at $9,400. He's not a finisher. And Gennaro Valdez is a pretty tough guy. He's not going to get finished. Could I mean, that could end up being, like I said, kind of like with if you want to play that money like line too. It could it could look like the best value or the or the worst value. I think it's what's worth the sprinkle in this. I mean, you can get... Hanaro Valdez, round one, KOTKO, because I think that's pretty much the only time he's really going to be like super live. Um, plus 1,100 for that. I think that's worth a sprinkle. 
That's What's good value. What's a sprinkle to you? Serious question. I'm not being a dick. Uh, if I was sprinkling that and my units are $100, I'd put like 10 15 on it just to... It's funny because it's funny talking in units and then talking in real money. Because we talk in units for your sake because some of you bet you know, just $10 a fight, which is totally fine. Some of you bet $1,000. So the reason you talk in units is it normalizes all of it. So if I say one unit, that means I'm pretty confident. And if your units are 10 bucks, okay, I'll do a unit. That's why we talk in units. But I, My units I, are a little different too. I mean, mine are $100, but typically when people are betting $100, they're not betting as much as me on a, on a card because I'm putting fifteen dollars to $3,000 on a card. Yeah, in reality, your units are probably too small with the amount of money you're spending. Right, but yeah. anyway, my, my point is last week at UFC 290, so unit for me is $100. A lot of my bets are less than a unit. A lot of half a unit, like $50 bets, stuff like that. I threw 20 bucks on uh what's his name because it would have paid 240 so in my mind i'm like it's 20 dollars. who cares but then when you put it on paper and it's 0.2 units but then i only have a quarter of a unit on a round line that i'm actually somewhat confident in it, it's just funny how that like muddies the water when you talk like real dollars versus just units so dollars. because like a, a, a sprinkle to me is i agree it's 20 bucks eh, it's 20 bucks who cares but then when I log the actual bets at that same number, it's like, well, I do care about that. That's not 20 bucks. That's a quarter of a unit. So it's just so funny talking like that. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it was just random silence. Well, I don't know First of what all, the point of that, I don't know. It was on was. me. Yeah, I lost. You lost me halfway through that. There was no point. I just thought it was interesting. First of all, we have... 290 something people watching live right now. Thank like the stream. Yeah. I was just going to say thank you oh. because there are two other shows that decide to go live on Tuesdays as well. Oh my God. Here we go. And the collective viewership between those two shows was 174. We have more than a hundred total viewers than those two shows combined. And we're mm. maybe halfway done. That does not go unnoticed. Thank you all very, very very much, genuinely, it is appreciated. <laughs> okay, shut that off. Jesus Christ. Next up, at UFC Vegas 77, we have Alex Munoz taking on Carl Deaton III. Alex Munoz, 6-2 and two overall, 3-2 and two in his last five. He is coming back after two years away. You're going to hear me say that quite a few times. On this card, he's taking on Carl Deaton the third, 17 and six overall, two and three in his last five. He's coming off that decision loss to Joseph Selecki. Carl Deaton is a wrestler. He's patient on his feet. He chooses his shots pretty well. He doesn't just come charging in looking for takedowns. When he's comfortable, he's going to plot forward, throw big one twos, and then set up those shots. He has plenty of speed and cardio, but the power just isn't there. When he ties his wrestling in with his striking, he can do pretty well, but Again, he's not really that dangerous. There's not a lot of finishing power in the mix. He's coming up that loss to Joe Selecki where he gave up two takedowns and nine minutes of control time. And the odds here are a little interesting because Alex wow. Munoz, well, first of all, Carl Deaton was just out wrestling and out grappled. He's taking on Alex Munoz. Alex Munoz is a very, very good wrestler who at one point, and he might still be the team alpha male wrestling coach, one of the better wrestling gyms in the country as far, you know, MMA gyms that use wrestling. He is coming back after two years away, but that was an ACL surgery, which he's insisting he was training the whole time, better than ever, all that bullshit. But if you believe it, great. 
He has nine takedowns in three UFC fights, but he does have a negative striking differential. His striking is just not up to snuff, or at least it wasn't two years ago. He's coming up the loss to Luis Pena in 2021, where he did have four takedowns, and it still wasn't enough to get it done. I say the line is interesting because Carl Deaton's a wrestler, and he is not going to be the better wrestler here. Just, he just isn't. So now we're expecting a lesser wrestler to out-wrestle the better wrestler. I'm not trying to be rude or disparaging, but like, you know, there's always somebody better, especially when it comes to something like wrestling. <laughs> not, uh, not, not in my life. <laughs> okay. And Alex Munoz is literally a better, he's better at Carl's best thing. But Alex Munoz's striking sucked. It just wasn't very good. The knee injury may have been the best thing that happened to him because maybe he took the time, focused on the striking. Song Yudong is at that gym who has phenomenal striking. They've brought in some solid strikers and some solid striking coaches. Maybe that has elevated Alex Munoz's striking game as well because his wrestling was there. He fought my good friend Nick Newell. Very frustrating fight to damn watch. Damn it. That was a damn it moment. Nick almost had that guillotine. But if Alex does work in some actual solid striking, not just a big lunging power type striking, he's going to be a real threat. Uh, I think he wins this fight. I'm actually pretty confident in this. And the only reason I haven't like laid out very real money on Alex is because that two-year layoff. You just don't know. You can't go by interviews. They'll, everybody says they're amazing in interviews, and then they go out there and you hear about all the bullshit. Kevin so, Lee, best I've ever that, felt. Now he's yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, did he retire? I saw the UFO. Yeah, he, he, he retired today. And he said, he said he was proud because he went out on a shield. And then he, he and then his, reti <laughs> his retirement speech, too. He's like, I've never not shown up for a fight. I've never. <laughs> <It's> like, <"Ugh." laughs> I love Kevin Lee, man. Do you talk about well, living I, in a different reality? That guy lives in a different <laughs> reality than everyone else. So anyway, I think Alex Munoz, I'm very confident in Alex. I, again, my only hesitation without laying out over a unit on this is the freaking two-year layoff. You just don't know what the hell that means. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, I almost completely agree with the entire breakdown. The two years is a red flag. If you do look at his Instagram, I mean, he definitely is in the gym working hard by, I mean, all these guys are in the gym working hard. Just some are in on Instagram and some are not. And I kind of wish that more uh, male fighters would kind of join and be active on Instagram while they're, while they're, you know, maybe no gi, maybe no shirt. <laughs> um, and Carl loved the ponytail um, as well. But listen, Alex Munoz is the better wrestler, but he does have question marks because on the feet, he does look a bit lost, and the biggest thing is gas tank. I have seen him gas in fights. If he can't get the takedowns, he starts getting beat up on the feet, and once he's getting beat up on the feet, he just kind of do, 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 do. Now, he will kind of, he will tough it out, right, because he's a tough guy. He's not a quitter. Like some people right no. there, I mean, we'll, we'll get to those points. They will quit. He will tough it out, and he will try to continue with the takedowns, and he will continue with the striking, but that is another red flag. You know, two years off, maybe he comes in, looks great in the first round, and then all of a sudden that adrenaline dump, now he's getting hit in the face because I do believe Carl's the better striker in this matchup. So so I agree. This should be an Alex Munoz play, but you know I'm staying away from it. You, you don't need to bet. You know I, this is actually kind of advice to myself right now. You don't have to bet every <laughs> single fight, right? You don't have to bet every single fight. All right, you hear me? You don't have to bet every single fight. And Alex might be one where it's like, let's see what he is, and then next fight we might bet on him. I yeah I I agree because for sure it's it's almost too obvious that Alex wins this. It's almost too obvious. So. 
It's two years away, and there's three people on this card that have multi-year layoffs. Alex is the only one that I'm like, ooh, maybe. Should I? Should I? He did cut the maybe we get Maybe we get lucky with a takedown line. And right? Maybe they mess up. Shit. Alex Munoz is? Shit. Gee, oh, fuck, man. Alex, yeah. hey, no disrespect, man. That's good to you, man. <laughs> fuck. Oh, uh, what a life that must be like. <laughs> You about to cry? Uh, um, I do think eighty three hundred dollars on DraftKings might be some of the best value you're going to get on this card because takedowns rack up points. And I, you know, if Alex does what we think he should do or what he would have done without a two year layoff, he should get a whole bunch of takedowns and score a whole bunch of points that way. So eighty three hundred dollars probably very very solid DraftKings pricing. What do you think, Jakey boy? It probably probably is honestly should be. I mean, it should be. I mean, he should dominate. I mean, he should look like a bit like a three hundred favorite in this matchup. I I completely agree. It, you know, we mentioned two year layoffs, kind of a red flag, but in DraftKings, I'll take that shot. We on Picks.com. It's only ten dollars a month. You unlock everything you've ever wanted or needed. Our DraftKings community is probably one of the strongest DraftKings community out there. They have won over a hundred and fifty thousand dollars playing DraftKings in the last two months. I haven't even gone back to. Uh, six months ago when Joe Tadoro won 60 grand. Joey T. And those, are, and those are only premium members, so unlock the same tools that they have access to at wewantpicks.com. It is only 10 doll hairs a month. 10 Carl Deaton hairs. <laughs> those are way more than 10. Because it looks like a doll hair. And the doll with the... <sighs> good job. That was layered. That was layered. That's good stuff there. Dude, I just got a text from Tiffany. She texted one of the neighborhood group chats. I think I hear I just, gunshots. <laughs> no, she just <laughs> she just she just bought a car, a new car. Who? Tiffany. <laughs> I'm, I'm like so annoyed. I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed. Oh shit! All because my parents Whoa. visited last week. So she's got the the bigger Volvo SUV. It has oh a third God. Here a we third go. row seat. Shut Angel's up. Angel's got a lot of money, guys. Shut I'm up. still. Sitting in this she fucking apartment, you, your wife's buying new cars, and I'm looking around at this fucking little ass apartment. She like, pays all her shit. own bills. Tiffany pays her own bills. She's yeah. got her own job, makes her own money, buys her own car. Anyway, so my my parents were visiting last week, and my grand or uh, my grandmother, my stepfather was like folding down the back seat and sitting in the trunk, which I was like, what the fuck are you doing? There's a third row. Sit in the third row like a person. So anyway, Tiffany's like, when people visit that we can't, bah, bah, bah. I'm just going to look. I'm like, don't, Tiff, don't. You don't know how to just look. Don't. And the, the way I find out look, she went out and spent money. Touch. That's what I tell the girls on Friday nights at the bar. <laughs> you can look, but you can't touch. Text to the neighbors. I bought the same truck as you, but in black, so I'm not a copycat. All I wrote was, <laughs> all I wrote was Jesus Christ. His and hers. His oh, and hers. Like, Holy no, shit. No, no, not as, not as me. Your fucking life. First the vasectomy. Now she's buying a better truck than you. <laughs> Fuck it. No, she didn't. No, that was to the neighbor. Who drove she you guys the to same... the airport? She was. Hey, you know I took that. Who video drove you guys to the airport? It was Tiffany's car, so she drove. <laughs> Angelo's sitting in the passenger seat filming. We're gonna have such a fun trip today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put that video. That hopefully video. She'll, hopefully she'll stop for Starbucks. That video, <laughs> that video didn't make its way. Trying to be one of those cute the fucking vlog. Facebook videos, and I'm not gonna tell him that I brought my new panties. <laughs> you know uh, Tiffany well enough to know that uh, she's not that kind of sweet. Oh she's all God. sour. 
Next up at UFC Vegas 77, we have Tyson Nam taking on UFC new newcomer, Azat Maxim. Tyson Nam. Max? 20. <clears throat> Maxim. You like Maxim? That was one of my favorites. Tyson Nam, 21 and 13 overall, 3 and 2 in his last five, coming off the submission loss to Bruno Silva, taking on Azat Maxim, undefeated in his career, 16 and 0, making his UFC debut. Tyson Nam, we all know him at this point. He's a patient striker. He's got some insane power in his hands. Some solid takedown defense as well. His striking is technical. He's got really, really nice counters. And while he does have a ton of power for this weight class, he doesn't really have the same speed as the rest of the weight class. He can be a little slow, a little bit of a step behind. He's 3-4 and four in the UFC. All three wins are by knockout, but he's 39 years old and his chin is probably officially gone. You're going to see that he was submitted in his last fight, but that dude was dropped big time before that submission. Nobody's, He's taken on... Nobody has what? ever eaten a shot like that. I mean, that guy, I mean, that was a front kick that literally split his fucking jaw open or his chin open, and he just hit the ground and was like, whoa, okay, still fight there. <laughs> I don't know how he survived that. It, I mean, it is crazy, and he's, he's just... Abs- I, I hate that it was a three-month turnaround. I hate... He should have taken a little longer, especially at his age. Anyway, he's taking well, he's, on Azat. Time's, time's running out. Well, yeah, I guess that's the other he's side 40, of that. What, 42? 39. I think he's 42. He's taking on Azat Maxim. This dude is fast. He's dangerous. He brings an incredible skill set into this fight. He can pick most people apart on their feet with just solid techniques. He can drop them with power. He can out-scramble them. He can out-wrestle them. He can out-grapple them. He's genuinely a very good prospect. One of the better new signings that we've seen in a while. His composure is impressive as well. Like He comes in there with some veteran composure, even if he gets himself into some tough spots. And he's comfortable everywhere and has beaten every style of fighter. We have seen him beat people who come at him with wrestling. We've seen him, people, we've seen him beat people who come at him with striking, pure grapplers. Like He's... This kid did it right as far as building himself up to then get into the UFC. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not a hollow <clears throat> 16 and 0. Correct. He fought, and that's why I made it a point to say he fought every kind of fighter. Lots of times you get these regional foreigners that only fight the primary discipline in that region, and then they run into some buzzsaw American wrestler they have nothing to offer, right? That is not oh. a zap. American wrestling? American wrestling's got nothing. You know what the problem is with American wrestling is we wrestle a completely different style your entire life from when you're five years old to 23 years old. And then you have to change it up to compete internationally. It makes no sense. Everybody needs to get together and say high school is now freestyle wrestling. Get rid of folk style. It's stupid. It's our own made up rules and it hurts us internationally. Anyway, I think Azat blows through Tyson Nam. And that's not disrespectful to Tyson Nam at all. I think Azat is just that good of a prospect. And Tyson Nam is probably returning a little too quickly. Uh, I hate that the UFC does this, right? Like, hey, thanks for all the amazing fights. Thanks for everything you've done. Here's a fucking buzzsaw. Let's see how good this kid actually is. Because I, I think he's going to be a step ahead. He's just too fast. Tyson's got the power, but he doesn't have the speed. And I think Azat's just going to do whatever he wants. I think he's going to get there ahead of time with the strikes, probably work in some takedowns and do what he needs to do. So um, I think Azat wins. I'm very, very comfortable with that pick. And this is one of the only fights on this card that the odds do make sense. What do you think? I agree. 
And I, I do agree that this kid is is a prospect. And he is very good. And he is very well-rounded. I think his hands are honestly underrated. He will stand in front of people, and he will win striking exchanges, and he does have some decent power in those hands, which just makes his grappling that much more effective because he can kind of dance around, dance around, and wait for that shot. He doesn't have to press the issue when it comes to the wrestling, the grappling, because he can do everything else in the fight. The issue is for this fight, and he is going to be my pick because he just does have the advantage. He's young. He's got the speed advantage. He might even he probably doesn't have the power advantage, but he does have good power. Um, but I did see him get dropped. I, I saw him get dropped in a fight. I can't remember which fight it was, but it was just a, a nice, clean right hand, nicely timed down the pipe that did drop him. Popped right back, won that fight. Obviously, he's undefeated. So, I mean, he did pop up in that situation. But if there's one thing that Tyson Nam still has, it is that right hand. And he will wait and be patient and wait to throw that. So, there is an outside world where Tyson still carries that power, even at 39 years old. And he does land on this kid. He seems like he can respond. But sometimes those Tyson Nam, you know, shots are a little bit different. But, I mean, just to put that out there, that, that there is a possibility that weird shit could happen, but I, I mean, Azat should be the play. I hope he just honestly just kind of uses the wrestling, and uh, we'll see. Hopefully he doesn't blow his load. Well, last time Tyson Nam fought, you and I both had a wins inside the distance decision no action. He was because... my lock of the week, because he just <laughs> never gets finished, and I just thought, oh my goodness, yeah. he's just going to land that right hand. What was it? Bruno was coming off layoff, I think, and I was just like, this guy Tyson, he is Hawaiian tough, and I just believe in him. <laughs> and he got... Yeah, laid out and then submitted. <clears throat> I do think this might be a decent spot for that exact same bet. These odds are very, very wide. And Tyson, what's Tyson Nam inside the distance decision? No action. It's probably plus one. <sighs> and while Azat is very dangerous, 16 wins, a whole bunch of <clears throat> choking. I'm choking on success. <clears throat> Fuck. I um, drink success for breakfast. And then it comes back up milk. after dinner. <laughs> um, you know what that is? No. You should. Is that should. heavyweights? <laughs> uh, you should, and then your mind went, oh, is it heavyweights? <laughs> what was it? Plus 275 for inside the distance decisional action. Yeah, I may touch that. That may be worth a uh, sprinkle sprinkle. It's almost the same um, as the money line. You get your money back if he loses. Exactly. And that's the only way he's going to win. He's not going to win a decision. Um, well, if he does, I get a refund. Fine. No money lost. Um... DraftKings, $6,600. Listen, if you, if definitely not in your cash game, but certainly in a large tournament field, doing a big, uh, big tournament entry, $6,600. Something with 19,000 people in it? Maybe 11,000. Yep. Could be worth it uh, if he gets that knockout for sure. We on picks.com is only $10 a month. You'll get everything you have ever needed to guide you in the right direction. You don't even have to go to the betting page. Just look at all the tools, the insight, the calculators, all of the raw notes, the DraftKings lineup maker. The fuck's that thing called? The optimizer, the ownership, all that. Only $10 a month. His arm is kind of like a optical illusion. It is. That bicep is so big, it looks like it was a bad Photoshop edit, but it is. Yeah, I'm not talking about Tyson. Uh, neither am I. I'm talking about Azat on the right mm. on the right hand side. His bicep is big. But when you look this. at Tyson, doesn't his left arm look fake? Because that's what you started saying that like his bicep is huge and stuff. I'm like Tyson's left arm looks like the fucking Winter Soldier. I mean, the guy's a, look at he's got beautiful hair. He's a handsome guy. But it looks like his arms are way different sizes, right? Confirm, please. 
I don't know. Sure. Yeah, different size arms. Next up, at UFC Vegas 77, we haven't even hit the main card yet. We have Ashley Evans-Smith taking on Aylin Perez. Ashley Evans-Smith, 6-5 and five overall, 1-4 and four in her last five. She is coming off a USADA suspension. Uh, she's taking on Aylin Perez, 7-2 and two overall, 3-2 and two in her last five, coming off that submission loss to Stephanie Egger and a whole bunch of canceled fights in between. This card has three different fighters with layoffs that are two years or longer, but Ashley Evans-Smith is the only one that had that layoff because of a USADA suspension. She pissed hot. She was suspended. She's been in the UFC for almost 10 years. She's got a ton of experience despite like this small record. And she's one of the like OG generation one of women's MMA. Generation one of women's MMA are well-rounded, right? They at least know a couple different skills because it came after, you know, uh, MMA became a thing. I so they started training. <clears throat> they st- um, okay, Jesus Christ. Um, so she's well-rounded. And she's from the day where you could just be super tough and just tough your way to some wins. She's fought everybody good. She's lost to most of them, but because she is so well-rounded, her wins and losses all look very different. For the most part, she wants to get the takedowns and grind away. She's taking on Aylin Perez. She's the one who's just twerking every scenario, every situation, anywhere she is. Her entire, like on the We Want Picks Instagram, we follow all the fighters. <laughs> you have to tell on yourself or something. My entire suggested feed is just all her, just twerking, no. just all the time. Anytime, like, yeah, I watched the videos, but it's like. Anytime I scroll through the We Want Picks Instagram, it's just her. I, I had to Have unfollow. you seen Ashley's Instagram? I had to unfollow Hannah Goldie because <laughs> Hannah Goldie is just like 90% naked. And then it's just like, what am I doing? Like, Jesus. Hell yeah. Next Have time you've seen Ashley's Instagram? But no, but I hope it's not more pornography. <laughs> she's like a, she's like a, uh, fucking, vi- like a vixen. Anyway, that's like. Um, Aylin Perez, you may know her as the uh, twerk machine. She twerked in the weigh-ins of her last fight and then got blown out in that fight, which was a little embarrassing for her, but, um. She has some decent striking, nice long jab. She uses it to plot forward. She walks her opponents back. Grappling-wise, she does use her size and strength to bully people to the ground with trips and drags. When she hits the ground, she's measured, she's controlled, and she looks for positions. <laughs> it's I mean, hard a little for me like, to see. Like modeling pictures and stuff. I mean, it's like... Okay, settle down. Um... You never know what you're going to get when somebody comes off a two-year layoff. We talked about that a little bit before. Especially a layoff because of a substance uh, issue. So I imagine you're lesser than, right? Because before... Because before um, the suspension, she was using illegal substances. Now she's not. So I imagine she's going to be a little less than what she was. I got to go with Aylin here. I, I think... You know, Aylin made some really poor decisions in her last fight that gave up some takedowns and didn't look great. But she also defended five takedowns in that. I think Ashley's going to be rusty. I think she's going to be a step behind. I think Aylin is going to be able to get this done. Um, the only thing that concerns me is anytime you get somebody with the sort of experience and the toughness of Ashley Evan Smith, you have a real live dog situation. So Aylin's going to be the pick. Pretty confident in that. But let's not forget, Ashley Evan Smith... If you don't know who Fallon Fox is, Fallon Fox was a man who um, transitioned to a woman, then fought MMA and was like breaking jaws, breaking eye sockets, destroying people, 
Ashley Evan Smith is who beat Fallon Fox and ended that whole thing. So she is tough. And what weight class? Was it a sanction thirty five? It was all sanctioned. Ronda Rousey was like very outspoken about dude. it. And Ronda Rousey was very big on like the transition after puberty. It was a whole thing. I don't want to get into the whole thing. My point is, Ashley is tough. She's been around for a hundred years, and um, you know I do think Aylin's going to win this fight. But based on her poor fight IQ in the last fight, I can't bet on this. What do you think, Jakey boy? Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to give another hats off to Ashley and her toughness as well. And she and she does rely on that, but she can rely on that because she is a very very tough girl. I mean, she was getting beat up in her last fight three year, you know, three whatever years ago. But you see her just constantly just keep trying to work through situations, even when things are not going her way. She will continue to move forward. She will continue to try to do different things. I think that she was like a a high school wrestler with maybe some after high school wrestling. So she used to be a very very you know, experienced wrestler. I don't want to say like high high level, but an experienced wrestler. And that kind of is her go-to, but you don't really see that kind of in, at least in that last fight, she really didn't even try to shoot a takedown and it was a little bit sloppy. And Aylin Perez in her last matchup, honestly, in the wrestling, didn't look too bad. And she definitely came to fight. I know she's got all the antics behind everything, but you can see when she's in the octagon, she is a competitor and she wants to fight. What she struggled with against Stephanie was the judo. I mean, she was getting in these clinch situations, getting tossed down, but she got a takedown of her own. She got a couple sweeps in those, and she was active off her back. You can tell she definitely knows what she's doing in the grappling and the wrestling, but it was just the judo that was giving her a hard time. She would get the body, get thrown to the ground, in the headlock, didn't know how to get out of situations, and Ashley Evans-Smith just does not have that judo. So when it comes down to this fight, I believe that Aylin Perez is going to be a little bit more active in the striking, a little bit better strike, a little bit sharper. And in the wrestling, I think she can control the wrestling and the grappling exchanges as well. And I, I honestly pre- feel pretty good about her in this matchup. I, I, I put a money line bet on her. I got her at minus 150 when I saw that. I thought that was pretty good value. Now it's getting closer to minus 200. Um, but I, I, I'm actually pretty confident in her in this matchup. I think she gets the takedowns to control. And uh, she's a pretty nasty grappler. And she's a tough girl. She's a tough girl. Yeah, I think... Um... I I agree. And honestly, if she was minus 130, 40, 150, that's not so bad. Minus 190, I don't know, two to one favorite. It scares me a little bit, but look what she opened at. Minus 450 at Bet Online. Minus 450. That's a little. So I, probably, I probably got the bottom there. Crazy loops. You might have gotten the bottom, honestly. Um, oh, I'd like that bottom. <laughs> That was a very soft. You usually do your growls a little manlier. I'll let you redo it. That was embarrassing. No. Aylin Perez look again. DM me, Aylin. Uh, it's right there. Um, $8,800 for Aylin. You think she is worth $8,800 in DraftKings? Uh, yeah. Sorry, my mind went a million different ways with that. So <laughs> sure and I did. just, I had, it was like, it was like Doctor Strange. Like every single, I saw every single scenario and everything uh, I was going to say, except for that answer, it was going to get me in some fucking trouble. So <laughs> I gave the one in a million right answer right there. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I might wait till weigh-ins. We'll see what Ashley looks like at weigh-ins, how prepared she looks, nervous. Long ass layoff. There was a substance issue. Some I think somebody mentioned surgery in the mix. Yeah, somebody mentioned surgery in the mix. There's a lot going on. So her Instagram is like, you know, I yeah. If you think if you think Aylin's is a little distracting, I think she's still around the sport. I think she does commentary and stuff too for uh, MMA and stuff. So it's not like she's like completely out of the sport or anything. 
All right, well, we want picks.com. It's only $10 a month. You unlock everything you have ever needed to pick some fights. Next up at UFC Vegas 77, we have Jack Della Maddalena. You heard that correct. He is now on this card. He was on last week's card, had an original opponent. That guy dropped, got a new opponent. That guy had brain cancer or something. So that dropped. He's decided to stay in Las Vegas. He said, I am not leaving Vegas. I will stay here. You guys will find me a fight. And they did. And now he they has a fight. They hit right he's on the nose on, there. They, he has, he's taking on Basil Hafez. Jack Dell Madalena, 14-2 overall. He's obviously 5-0 and in his last five. He's coming off a bunch of canceled fights. And they finally got an opponent. His opponent is Basil Hafez, 8-3 in his career, 4-1 in his last five. Obviously stepping up on short notice. We'll talk about Basil first because... He's the new guy here. He's a heavy-handed grappler. His striking is loose, and it is powerful. And even though you're going to see a check hook knockout highlight everywhere, he is a grappler. He's not a striker. He's very tough. He's going to shoot blast doubles. He's going to look to maintain position while blasting elbows down. He's a high-paced guy, both on the feet and on the ground. But his cardio can fade a little bit later in fights. Even though he is a short-notice step up, he is not a slouch. He's taking on Jack Del Maddalena. I broke this guy a hundred times. Uh, phenomenal jab, some really solid power, 71% takedown defense. He looks more and more comfortable every time he's in that cage, especially defending takedown. What are you doing? Look, we have the same tattoo. You and this dude? You have a Basil. cancer ribbon? I do. From your face thing? Yep. <laughs> Never forget. Just a so, constant reminder. Wear sunscreen so he tattoo my skin to remind me to protect my skin. Fucking idiot. Um, anyway, um, so we all know who Jack Del Madeline is, but what I would like to remind you of the same thing that I reminded you all of when uh, Tatsuro Tyra was a massive favorite is this is also short notice for Jack Madalena. Yes, he had a training camp, but that dude full blown cut weight. Stepped on the scale, was prepared to fight, and the rug was ripped out from underneath him. So now he has one week to get back into that weight-cutting rhythm. Water load. It sounded like water, he kind of wanted a things. 185 fight. Because he was like, I want to fight at 170 or 185. So I think he was kind of hoping to get a 185. Well, because like the problem is, we don't know. And this sounds so stupid, but we don't know what he did when that fight was canceled. He might have been like, fuck Vegas. it, let's get some beer. Yeah, let's get some beers and a good steak. He you might didn't have see went him to Saturday? Ramsey's. No. How many, did you I, see I, any? Uh, in the b Backstage, I saw... I told I you exactly the location of Tabitha Ricci. I took a picture with Shane Gillis backstage. He is fucking huge. Dude, I'm 6'3". <clears throat> Shane Gillis was bigger than me. He's fucking big. I literally go, holy shit, you're big. He goes, you're big too. I said thanks. <laughs> I said thanks, and then he and then he and then he jokingly goes, "All right, little buddy," and then patted me on the back and walked away. But no, he was cool as shit to me. And then I saw Sean O'Malley looked like a complete fucking asshole. Uh, and then uh, Michael Chandler couldn't have been a nicer human being. That's it with the fighters. That's all. You I talk saw. to Michael? Nope. He was just sort of jogging by the P line crowd. Oh, so but. Oh, he took his time to be like, hey, guys, hey, hey, oh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. And obviously, he's more famous right now than he's ever been. Are they been. about to announce that Connor fight tonight on Connor's uh, never the fighting Fighter? Again. Connor's never fighting again. Let me finish this fucking breakdown. So just a reminder, Jack Della had to cut the weight, did all the things. The emotional, like, 
the highs and lows of, am I going to get paid? Am I not going to get paid? Am I going to fight? Am I not going to fight? I wanted to go home. I can't go home. Let me stay here. Jack Dell is going through some shit, right? That's not an easy, just like, oh, you swapped my opponent. Everything changed. Everything changed. So keep that in mind because while Basil Hafez is probably not going to win this fight, he does have the style to beat Jack Del Maddalena, a, a fast, powerful wrestler. He is what Sean Brady thinks he is, right? He's going to come forward, bomb with hands, shoot a blast double with his head up the middle, and try to get it done. I do think he'll slow down. He's had some cardio issues with a full camp, let alone short notice. I think Jack will probably defend some takedowns, light him up with the jab, and win this fight. Jack's the pick. I'm not touching the line. The line's unreasonable. I'm not touching. It's worse than this now. I made this graphic this morning. What's it now? I don't know. Let me check for you. It's minus 600. It went down. <laughs> Looks like Big Papa's on to something. What do you think, Jakey? Yeah, I don't think it's that um, I don't think it's that serious of a situation. Basil's got the wrestling, but he doesn't really go to the wrestling. When he goes to the wrestling, I don't think the wrestling's going to be good enough. And his striking is uh, something to be desired. I mean, he doesn't really have a lot of footwork, not a lot of head movement. And with that Jack Della Maddalena jab into the combinations, he is going to be in big trouble. I think uh, JDM dominates this fight. Angelo, back to you. <laughs> He's going to be panicking right now. I mean, what the fuck is he doing? I've never seen it. Honestly, in my 30, 40 years of, of podcasting and talking about the UFC, I've been doing this 40, 50 years. I've never seen such an unprofessional situation in my fucking life. I mean, I, I just want to sit here and apologize to you guys one by one. If you guys want to put your name in the chat right now, I, I'll just spend the next 15, 20 minutes just apologizing you guys one by one because I, I, I've never been so fucking embarrassed in my life. I don't know what the fuck we're doing here. Gets up, doesn't say a word, gone. Now I'm sitting here. It's unbelievable. Joshua, I, I'm a, I apologize to you, Joshua. Benny, Benny, I, I swear to God, this is not my fault. And if, if if I was in the situation where I could lead this stream and go on to the next fight, I would. But he's got me He's got me uh, in a predicament here. So, you know, Mike, Isaac, everyone. And Angela, I think you should join in on this as well. Well, your mic's muted. Hey, how are you? How we doing? You yeah, get through like, it? Uh, hopefully it's not as laggy as I see it. Soon. The stream's lagging? Nope, just on my end. I checked it because I'm a professional. Okay. Go down one by one Thank and name so every much. single one of these people in the fucking chat and apologize to them. Hey, guys. Sorry I checked on my living, breathing children. Oh, so they, they were breathing. Now I know. So why the fuck would second. you even go in there? Well, the, to, to confirm. Okay? To confirm. We'll see what the pricing is. I'm assuming Jack Dale Madeline is going to be a $9,800 opener. Maybe 97 like he was last week. Um, <laughs> Someone wrote in what? all caps, no one cares about your child. <laughs> That's if I give it. Not all caps. There's a typo in the front. <laughs> Fucking loser. Um... I don't know if Jack's going to be worth that worth that DraftKings price point because we just don't know how tough Basel is or isn't. He does have three losses, but they're all decisions, so we don't know. We don't know. We do we'll have know. to see when that drops. We do know. WeWantPicks.com, the full DraftKings write-up. It's not written by me. It's written by somebody much smarter than me when it comes to Daily Fantasy. 
Gonna give you all the fades, all the picks, the cash core games, the GPP core game, who the, should be in those lineups and why. Everything you've ever needed to build a winning lineup, follow the $150,000 of winnings that our community has made in the last couple of months. We own picks.com, it's only $10 a month. Ready for this main card opener, big boy? Huh, big boy? You ready? You ready? Is that your girl voice? Do your best girl voice. Nope. You want me to do it? Next up. Hey, hey. Here's my hey. best for a girl voice. Daddy, she's hitting me. That's hey, all I hear. What are you doing? What are you doing? Have you seen those, uh, hey. there's those TikToks of that what guy that like. Okay. What are you wearing? This is fucking weird. And people are going to drop hey. big time. Oh my God. You're crazy. I right, stop. You're silly. Next up at UFC Vegas 77, we have Terrence McKinney taking on Nazim Sadikov. Terrence McKinney 13 and five overall, three and two in his last five. He's coming off that loss to Ishmael Bonfim. He's taking on Nazim Sadikov eight and one overall, five and zero oh in his last allegedly. five with all stoppage wins. What's allegedly? Well, he didn't beat Evan Elder. Okay. Uh, Terrence McKinney, long, powerful, very talented, right? He's got solid striking. He's got wrestling credentials to dictate where the fight goes. He's a threat on his feet. He's a threat on the ground. A Juco All-American wrestler. I do wish we would see him wrestle more. He doesn't use it as much as you'd like him to. It's not his go-to. He's going to start striking. And then if he gets in trouble, then try to wrestle. I would love to see if he started with a wrestle-heavy game plan because he's been chin-checked a few times. And that sucks because... He's unbelievably talented, but at the end of the day, like your chin is your chin. There's, you're just born with it or you're not. There's nothing you can do to improve your chin other than work on the skill sets. and. You can chew gum. I don't know if that helps. Um, he's taking on Nazim Sadikov. This guy's a very good kickboxer. He's got speed. He's got power, but he's not reckless. He takes his time on his feet, and he tries to find his openings. He likes to plot forward and counter-strike at the same time. He does a really nice job of that head movement while closing the distance. He is patient, but he can just, for no reason, work in spinning attacks. And that actually led to his only professional loss. He spun some stupid bullshit and got Valentina Shevchenko'd. He is coming off the knockout win over Evan Elder, where he was Dr. Stoppage. Knockout win, baby. <laughs> That's um, not fucking knockout win. That fucking doctor says that. I remember it was your stupid lock of the week bullshit. Uh -huh. um, where he was dropped, but he did recover. Uh, I told this story in the Quick Weeks video. I met Terrence. I told you this. I called you after. I met Terrence, you met Terrence coach, McKinney. Coach at the park a couple months ago. I was literally at the park with my kids. He was at the park with his. He was sitting next to me. I heard him talking on the phone, and I was like, hey. And he was dropping, just, huh? Interesting. 100%. And then we started chatting. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to, like, I don't know what he was saying, just like uh, what's public, what isn't. I have no clue. But anyway, Terrence McKinney has moved to Texas. He's now training at a Travis Luter's gym in Fort Worth. And the names that this guy was rattling off of people that are currently training there or going there or will be there, there were some big, big names in that list. Like, I was surprised at some of the names that he said. And it's impressive. That's where Kevin Holland is training now. And Terrence McKinney was able to accomplish everything he accomplished at some small-ass gym. And I, I, you know, there a lot, some good people came out of that gym, but a small-ass gym. Terrence McKinney was able to accomplish. Conor McGregor came out of a small gym, stayed loyal to his team. <laughs> 
that was actually a fucking, it was Australian, but it was solid. Um, so the fact that Terrence was like, okay, that last fight I just lost, I don't know if I should have lost. Meaning like, I should have been better than that. Moved to Texas, made a big life choice. He's all in here. And then uh, to see that he now has people that he's training with that are better than him or equal to him in skill set is huge because you're not going to get better being the best guy in the room. You will get better being amongst other killers. So I'm hoping this like new focus and living in an uncomfortable place with, you know, in a new gym and all these things will just sort of help give him a new look, a fresh restart because at the time that Ishmael Bonfim loss was like, yeah, I get it. That guy's a killer. That loss hasn't aged as well as everybody would have liked. But I think Terrence has all the tools. I think he's the better fighter. And I think most people would agree he's the better fighter here. The only issue is what happens if he gets hit really hard in the face. So I'm hoping he's got a different game plan in this fight. We'll see him wrestle a little more. He's a Juco All-American. I, I picked Terrence McKinney here. I put a little bit of a money line bet on him. And hopefully that's not just biased because his coach was like such a nice dude at the park. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, I don't. I don't know how anyone can can put money or trust in, in Terrence McKinney at this point in his career because just <laughs> he's just shown that he can't. He just will not do what he needs to do until it is too late. I mean, he did. I mean, he won the fight with a takedown and, and got that submission win or whatever. But and when he gets in these fights, he just he just starts swinging and banging. And yeah, he's got power and stuff, but he keeps getting chin checked. And last one was the worst. I mean, that was I don't even think he had a mouthpiece in because I think his mouthpiece got knocked out. Took that knee and face planted. That's a bad bad knockout for a guy that was already chinny and against a guy like Nazim even if Terrence comes in and wants to wrestle heavy I don't even know if he can wrestle a guy like Nazim I and mean, you saw Evan Elder shooting some takedowns defending him well he knows what he's doing in the wrestling in his grappling he has his own offensive wrestling if he wants it and he's going to be the technical striker he's going to be the more technical striker and also has power and against a guy that gets as wild as Terrence McKinney that's a recipe for disaster somebody you can't just kind of willingly take down, and if he boxes you technically, can beat you to the punch, and you've already been chinny in the past. So, you know, I, I do like Terrence McKinney, and I agree. He, I mean, the talent level of this kid is out of this world. If he can just kind of settle down and find his spot in these fights, mixing in with the wrestling, have the cardio, have the you know, everything, and just put together a game plan and avoid getting hit in the chin, you know, he can be a, a, a guy, but he's just shown that he just will not back out of those situations. And if, even if he wants to, like I said, I don't know even know if he can out wrestle a guy like Nazim. So uh, I'm going Nazim here. I, I do respect the the talent level and everything that Terrence brings his fight. So I think he is live. I mean, he'll always be live in fights. Um, but you know, I, I can't trust him with my money. But I can't trust the other side either because he could come in and, and look incredible. So I'm staying away from it. But my pick is going to be Nazim. Yeah, I didn't originally want to bet on it, and then I just looked at it again. I'm like, you know what? He's plus money. How can you he's, not? He's one of those guys, literally. I almost did the exact same thing. I mean, he's <laughs> so explosive, and he is so good and so talented. It's like, you're getting this guy at plus money? But he's I, the better fighter. Yeah. It's just the freaking chin is the question. So that's why I'm hoping I factored in the people he's training with. I factored in the life. It takes a lot to say, let me go somewhere new, and, and I got to mix something up. And to be that self-aware and to make that big of a life choice, I was like, I I'm going to ride with him. I'm going to give it a shot. We're both Texans now. Let's see what happens. So I threw a little bit down on the uh, plus 123. And uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I hope he wins. He's very, 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 very talented. So well, I prefer he wins. He's your new favorite fighter because he's your, your friend's fighter. So he's your new favorite. Not even. I talked to the coach for 40 minutes at the park, and that was the end of it. 
You guys Fo- we followed each other on Instagram, and that was it. Done. Oh, the Instagram. That's I a mean, bold, that's a. Uh, it's not an alien. It's, it's not. It's not, not quite Perez. to the number, but I yeah. mean, that's the. It's right there. There's access if it's needed, for sure. Uh, yeah, and you can for do sure. little creepy stuff. Like what? I like to creep on people. You're creeping on his. If you're creeping Me? on his phone call, I'm sure you've been on his Instagram every night before you go to bed. Did he no, he was today? standing right. He was sitting right next to me on the bench at the park. Who sat down I first? Hear... Me. I bet he was sitting there, and you sat down next to him. No, I think no. I don't. Uh... I actually don't <laughs> I, I. If he I, was I already on the phone, he's not walking up to somebody sitting on the bench already. I don't on the think phone. he was already on the. He phone. I don't all... remember. All I know is he's talking on the phone. And I hear him say a few things from, it was just after UFC Orlando. And he mentioned a few things when Kevin Holland got into some, uh, that fight in the lobby with, who was it? Somebody, he was telling that story. And he was like, I, I, we, we. I was like, oh shit. And I said, you were at UFC Orlando? And he said, yeah, I'm actually so-and-so's coach. I was like, oh, okay. Couldn't wait Done. to say it. He was a nice guy. And uh, I've met a lot of people like that in my day. Oh, and wow. some of them, some of them. Uh, I met John Gotti the third. Yeah, you're welcome. I made you do that. You didn't want to. I said, get the fuck over there. Because I'm not one of those guys. And neither am I. Actually, somebody somebody at the fights asked me, if you see people, can you get me an autograph? I was like, no, I'm not asking. The wor- well, the worst part about that situation was I wanted the picture more with John Gotti, the son, not the, the grandson. You know, John Gotti yeah. Jr. is like the guy. I mean, he was like <laughs> almost went to prison. So John Gotti the third. Now, I mean, now he's kind of making a name for himself. But I was like, let's get a picture of both of them. And then... The junior was like, nah. And the third was like, eh. <laughs> anyway, so we both had the same read on this fight, but we picked opposite sides is essentially what happened here. So I may spend the $7,500 in DraftKings on Terrence McKinney. He's probably pretty risky for a cash game, but I think I'm going to go for it and um, and do that. You're going to spend the 8700 on Nazim in DraftKings? Nah. All right, there you go. We on Pinks.com, become a premium member, you'll get all the things. Next up, at UFC Vegas 77, we have Atman Azaitar taking on Francisco Prado. Atman Azaitar, 13-1. and one. He's 4-1 in his last five. He's coming off his first professional loss, which was that very quick knockout to Matt Frivola. He's taking on Francisco Prado, 11-1. He's also coming off his first professional loss this could very well be fight of the night or at least a very fast fight these guys are like mirror images of each other Atman Azaitar is a powerful striker he thrives in the chaos he likes to fight inside the pocket he's gonna come forward he's gonna plant his feet and fire away if you don't come forward he will if you back up he's gonna keep coming like this guy wants to be in your face and he wants to be swinging hard he does have a wild striking differential of seven to three he has not seen a second round yet in the UFC, and you typically want to get this guy to the ground, but he's got really good solid takedown defense as well. But he's coming off that knockout loss to Matt Frivola, but the the caveat there, the asterisk is Matt Frivola has insane power, and Ottman was coming off a two-year layoff at the time. He's taking on Francisco Prado. He's a powerful striker. He comes in hot. He's got big looping shots, head kicks, a Muay Thai clinch, insane power. But he also keeps his head just straight up in the air, and he can be touched. He can grapple as well, and while it's not his plan A, he will shoot doubles, he will use power, he'll scoop you up, he'll slam you down. Ridiculously explosive. This is a great fight. This is a a mirror image. These guys are very, very similar in style, very similar in power. I do, 
I am picking Francisco Prado here. Very, very slightly picking Francisco Prado here. And I just think it's because, uh, you know, Ot Otman was knocked out big time in that last fight where Francisco Prado, that's just not how he went out, right? He lost a decision to Jamie Malarkey. Um, and Jamie's and I think good, man. He's not that good. And uh, But Francisco has the wrestling, the better wrestling. So Otman's got the wrestling defense. Francisco has a wrestling offense. And it may come to that. So if I'm looking at both of them, obviously either one of these guys can knock each other out. We've seen one actually knocked out. So I got to go Francisco Prado here. But there's there's no science behind this. One of these dudes is going to get put away. thought there was a ghost behind us. What the fuck? I just thought I saw something like right here. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, th I think the biggest red flag for this fight, the biggest question mark is uh, Francisco Prado literally just turned fucking 21 years old. This is a literal kid fighting in the UFC. And you honestly would know if you watched him fight, you would think that he was in his late 20s and his early 30s because he looks really, really refined. He doesn't even look really that green in any area at a as a 21 year old. And literally, this guy looks and fights like a baby Drew Dober. I mean, that's that's exactly what he is. He is a march forward, in your face, not a lot of head movement, but he will eat shots to give shots, nice combinations, has some wrestling in his back pocket. And I mean, he looks like he's got the chin here too. And I believe in this fight, we are going to find out if he is a baby Drew Dober with that crimson chin. Not the Drew Dober now, which, by the way, for full lock of the week against Drew Dober, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, smarter than the rest of them. Um, but it, we are going to see, there is going to be a moment where Odman is going to land that power shot. And if, if if Francisco is able to eat it, I think that he can win this fight because he's going to have a nice counter off it. He is going to wear down Otman. He's got the cardio. Otman is more of a first-rounder bust type of striker, type of fighter. So there's going to be that moment. And he's going to have to eat that shot. And we're going to find out, is this 21-year-old kid the real deal with a nice chin and some nice combinations? Is going to beat this, what, one, what was coming into the UFC as this huge, huge prospect, knocking everybody out. Um, so we're going to see. And, and, and honestly, at this point, the way that I've seen him getting hit against Jamie Malarkey and knowing that Ottman has the power, I don't think he's going to be able to eat the shot. So I'm going Ottman. But, uh, I mean, I think this is a coin toss uh, fight, and I, uh, I agree. I think this could be fight of the night. I think it's over pretty quickly, honestly. Um, one of these guys gets dropped, but um, it's going to be fun while it lasts for sure. And I'm, I'm going to go with Otman with the experience, I think. Uh, it's an interesting matchup. I'm surprised the UFC would do this. They have two powerful prospects that can hit hard and do the things, and they're like, yeah, let them fight each other. I'm surprised they're doing that. It's, uh, it's a bit odd, but I'll be looking forward to it. I'm not going to argue with anybody picking the other side. It's dead even. Look at the odds. It's a dead even fight according to the odds, and that's what it should be. Um, so you and I are on split, and one of these guys needs to be in your DraftKings. So one of them is going to score a fortune, so just hope you're on the right side because it will be a knockout win for one of them. You can't even do that does not go the distance because that's juice to all hell as well. So Juice me. Nah, it's minus 260. It's not terrible. Does not go the distance is only minus 260. That's what I said. Shit, I might go put a couple of units on that as soon as we're done. Couple here. units. That's a great. Biggest bet of the year. That's a great line. Is you know what not? my biggest bet was last weekend? What? On, uh, what's his Robert name? Whitaker. <laughs> no. First fight of the night. I nailed my biggest bet of the night. Oh. Yeah, dude, it's so funny. Esteban Arribovics. It's just funny because Tiffany and I were in the room getting ready. I was ready. And you, see, you see some of this in the Fight Foods vlog. I'm drinking. I got the computer up. I'm watching the fights, waiting for her to get ready. Jericho Evan, Evan Elder just won. Or not Evan Elder. Uh, Esteban Arribovics just won. 
And I was like, Tiff, it's going to be a good night. We just hit our first bet. Like, it's going to be a good night. And then it was just like, beep, 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 beep. Do you remember, the te- do you remember the text I sent you guys on Saturday? I woke up on Saturday and I said, I literally, and this is 100% true, I had a dream of Esteban Rebovich just absolutely dominating that fight. And I woke up on Saturday and the first thing that happens in that fight is he's taken down and just on his back. So I immediately was like, <laughs> well, this is going to be a fucking disaster of a day. And then he just dominates the second and third round. And I thought the same thing you thought. I was like, oh my God, my biggest bet on the card. Oh fuck! We're fucking rolling today. The prelims were still great up to fucking yes, me. Yeah, the main card was a bit of a mess. <laughs> the main card was a mess. I almost hit my Edgar Shires bet. Ten seconds, I hit that bet. Biggest underdog on the card. Turns out, Drikas Duplessis was the biggest underdog on the card, and the AI picked it correctly. The AI, it's it's in beta still, but our AI, it's had some highs and lows as far as just total fight picks. But what it is not missed is the biggest underdog on every card. It has correctly picked the biggest winning underdog on every card that we've had it for. I don't know how the hell it's doing it, but it had Drikas. Before that, it had, uh, who was that big one that knocked out well, Garam? Do we want to tell the people Elvis that it's actually, it's actually me that makes the underdog pick for the uh, the pick doctor? You and, could take some and advice, you, and you And you told me uh, that it cannot be my lock of the week, so I have to pick the dog that's always been right. That would be my lock of the week. And then I have to pick my secondary lock of the week, which is uh... it doesn't. All the picks for the all the picks for the AI are up, except the Madalena fight because all that data is not out yet. But once it is, if it picks against Madalena, I might tail it this week. We'll see. I think so. we'll see. We want picks.com. If you want to follow that journey, uh, the pick doctor is a uh, literal nuclear physicist who's developing an AI for us. He's writing articles, sort of walking you through the logic, what, what he, you know, the tweaks, the levers, all this stuff, what he's doing to make it happen. Um, but you can follow the journey. I do not recommend tailing an incomplete AI's bets, but it is there. Follow the journey. It is nailing these underdogs. I may, I may start tailing the underdog bets. But we'll see what happens. We own picks.com. It's only $10 a month to unlock everything you could ever want. $4.99 Super Chat from Alan Stubbs. He says, let's go, boys. And I say thank you. Connors, in uh, tonight's tough episode, fucking drops one of those. <laughs> his fucking teammates, his, the kids that he's training, he was sparring one of them, just fucking dropped one of them, the fucking liver shot. He <laughs> made He may. He still hasn't won yet, right? Like he no, that's what it says. The, the caption of this says, and it's it's Connor Burks who I follow. And he follows me. I think he watched our stuff. Uh, what's up, Connor? If you do, um, he says McGregor, he says McGregor is tired of, be, of being winless shit, and it's just him just laying the dude out. <laughs> if I look, look, look. Oof. Just beating the fuck out and just whap. <laughs> and those are newcomers too. Those yeah. aren't the UFC veterans. That's funny. Next up, at UFC Vegas 77, we have Norma Dumont taking on Chelsea Chandler. Norma Dumont, 9-2 overall. 4-1 in her last five. She is riding a two-fight win streak. She's taking on Chelsea Chandler, only 5-1 in her career. She is 5-0 in her last five, and she's coming off that first-round knockout in her UFC debut. We all know Norma Dumont at this point. She's actually been very, very active. She's a solid striker. She's relaxed. She's patient. Her striking is technical, and her takedown defense is very sound. If you look at her strike differential, she lands about four significant strikes per minute and only takes two in return. And on top of her technical striking, she also has solid grappling. Her takedowns are not great, but she does have eight takedowns in seven UFC fights. She's coming off the win over Carol Rosa. 
She was dropped. She was able to squeak out the win. I say squeak. It, was, it wasn't a split or anything, but squeak out the win with straight-up cage control. She's taking on Chelsea Chandler. She is a powerful, powerful fighter who comes forward throwing bombs. She'll push you against the cage. She's going to work for takedown. She's incredibly strong and uses that strength to rip her opponents to the mat and control them from there. She is not incredibly fast. She's not athletic. But she is tough, she's powerful, and she never stops marching forward. She's coming off that knockout win over Julia Stolarienko, where we saw how tough she is and how solid her BJJ can be. And I'm picking Chelsea Chandler here. I, I mean, ever so slightly picking Chelsea Chandler here, but this is, we just watched Norma get dropped. This feels very much like the Gomes-Yaryui fight from last week where Yasmin Yaryui was knocked down in her fight going into that, and everybody just ignored it and chalked it up to nothing, then got flatlined. Norma Dumont was just knocked down in her fight against Carol Rosa, people ignoring it, and Chelsea Chandler might be the hardest or the second hardest hitting person in this division. So I'm not going to blindly bet on Chelsea, but mm. I do think, I do think, well, I do have a bet on her. Mm. I do think Norma Dumont is her only path to victory here, which is probably going to happen. She closes the distance, holds Kelsey against the cage, tries to work a takedown. The takedown defense is pretty tough. It's a whole lot of boring bullshit, but Chelsea's going to land the big shots and is going to do more damage. So this is going to go one of two ways. This could be a Chelsea Chandler knockout, or this could be, if you remember when, was it Norma Dumont who beat Holly Holm? Who was it that beat Holly home where Holly held her against the cage the entire fight and still lost a decision? Well, I, I can't believe I can't. Was well, that, it's it your story. So. Anyway, it could look like that, where Holly held her against the cage the entire fight, and the judges still gave it to her opponent because her opponent, any chance she got was landing big shots, separating, trying to land big. That's exactly what this could look like. So Chelsea's the pick, and the bet that I have on her is wins inside the distance, Decision, no action, because Norma is not dangerous at all. She's not going to win this fight by finish. If she wins, it's a decision, and Chelsea is dangerous as shit. So worst-case scenario, I get a refund. So that's what I got going on here. What do you think, Jakey boy? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with the the power uh, assessment of Chelsea. I, I had this immediately. I thought that this was speed versus power. Norma DeMond, I think, is the more technical striker. She showed some some nice crisp striking in the pocket versus Carol Hosa. Uh, obviously, she, as you mentioned, she did get dropped, but she came back and, and won that fight with pressure. And Chelsea did look good in her last fight, but we have to remember that that was against Julia Stolyarenkovich and uh, Stolyarenko. <laughs> Story yeah. <laughs> yeah, more and um, she was taken down very easily in, in that first round. I know Norma DeMond isn't a, a a big grapple heavy wrestling, but she will shoot takedowns. And if she feels like she has the advantage in the wrestling, she will use her wrestling. And I think that she has the wrestling to kind of control this fight because Chelsea was easily taken down. The only reason that Julia lost that position was because she went for one of her patented arm bars, didn't get it. Chelsea ended up on top. They got back to the feet. And then Chelsea did what she should have done on the feet against Stolarenko uh, <laughs> is dominate because Julia is not a striker. So Chelsea came in and did what she did uh, against somebody that isn't a very good striker. Norman DeMont is a very, very good technical striker will stand there and box. I believe that she can have the wrestling too if she needs it to slow this fight down. If Chelsea comes out with a little bit of power, Norma DeMont with those strong, <laughs> defined legs 
are very good at holding people against the cage, as you saw against Carol Hosa. I just think that she can slow this fight down if she needs to grind out a win. I'm not, I'm, I don't have a bet on her. It's nothing like that. I'm not that confident in it, right? Because I do respect the power of Chelsea. But as a pick, you know, I think Norman DeMonte, a technically enough striker to do what she needs to do on the feet and, and work in a takedown or some cage control and uh, win a win a fight. But this could easily turn into if they strike. This could turn it turn into a sneaky, really good fight because Chelsea will stand, she will bang, and you saw that at times with Norma as well, throwing extended combinations versus Carol yeah. Hosa. So this is sneaky, one of those where it could turn into a uh, a really good fight if they start standing. But if Norma wants to win, it probably needs to be boring, and I think she'll make it boring. A hundred percent needs to be boring, and I think she's gonna have a hard time bullying Chelsea. Chelsea's not with big. those legs, not with those legs, not with those <laughs> legs, not with those legs. She can do whatever she fucking wants. Watermelon. <laughs> Do you love my inside the distance decision no action bet though? That's a solid bet. And yeah, you know I don't think annoying? she's. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I said it in the quick pick video. The props dropped. I looked at it. It was minus two hundred. I was like, let me wait. That, that might tighten. It did not tighten. It's like fuck. So but Carol Hosa's got. I mean, she's got good power. She's known as a power striker. So her, does Chelsea. Her, her, That's her my partner point. is uh, Denise Gomes. There you go. Um. So yeah, again, same read, but different picks. This is the third fight we did that. Um, okay, weird. $8,400 for Norma Dumont. I'm going to have to check the DraftKings scoring because she does rack up sneaky control time, just holding you against occasion. these boring-ass mm. fights, so i got to see what that's done for her. Chelsea Chandler, $7,800. If she wins, she will score big, big, big. So we'll keep a big, close eye big, on that. Mm. We have a $20 super chat. From MMA Sko Williams, he said he's up 12 units from the last event. Congratulations on that. Thank you guys for the great product. If you haven't signed up, then you must hate money. We appreciate it. And if and if the fact that this man took $20 and sent it our way is unbelievably appreciated. The fact that he used Do you remember his name? MMA Sko Williams. Do you remember his name? No. Sko Williams? What? Scott. Why would I know his name? Well, we had this exact Jesus Christ. We've had this exact same conversation last podcast. So, <laughs> with the same guy with the same donation, always mm -hmm. winning. This guy. Well, good for him. We appreciate it. the fact that he took the time Alzheimer's. to shout out premium. The fact that he took the time to shout out premium uh, means the world. So, thank you very much for the twenty bucks. Appreciate thank you, you, Scott. For the shout out, big Scotty. Look at Artem pretending he's American. Just just waiting for the American basketball game to end. Who I sport go sports. He's watching Summer League. Nice try, Artem. Nice fucking. How was the Sphere? Uh the Sphere in Vegas was very disappointing because you just can see it you can see it from everywhere, which is cool. And at night when it was all lit up, you're like, that's wild. But it it was only a basketball and it was You went to a moving. nice hotel so you could look at it? Uh, yeah, we left. We got in an Uber. We left the Flamingo and then went to a nicer part of the strip so we could actually see it. Um, but it was just the ball that wasn't moving. So it's like, okay, I wanted the eyeball. Wild, I saw it on, the eyeball on Twitter is the wildest thing I've ever seen. It's like, I want that. It should just do that every day. Imagine if the UFOs are real and they're just flying they around and they're just they're they like, whoa, we gotta get the, what the fuck? <laughs> we are not where we thought we were. We gotta get the fuck out of here. They got something real down there. Holy and anybody, shit. Anybody who doesn't something. know, if you don't know what we're talking about, just go on Twitter and look for the severe, the sphere Las Vegas. 
It's it's the world's largest LCD. $2.3 billion, I think it cost. To, yeah, to it's build. a 17,000-seat arena that's a full-blown circle, and every inch of the outside is an LED screen. And on the 4th of July, they were just putting wild shit on that screen, like a an eyeball the size of an arena just it looks, like blinking it looks absolutely real it's not what you think it doesn't look like an, uh, an eyeball on LED no. it looks like a fucking eyeball the basketball no, looks like a fucking basketball like a big ass fucking basketball it's crazy no it is crazy it's wild you're crazy <laughs> next up at UFC Vegas 77 we have a couple of heavyweights here we got Walt Harris taking on Josh Parisian actually were there no there were no heavyweights on the UFC 290 card either huh that's we why it's had such any... a good card yeah, we haven't had heavyweights in I'm a while. I'm so sick of heavyweight fights. <laughs> Jesus well, Christ. this one's going to be a much better one because we have Walt Harris coming back after two years away, 13-10 and 10 overall, taking on Josh Parisian, 15-6. and 6. He's 2-3 and three in his last five. He is alternating wins and losses. Walt Harris, he's coming back after a three-fight losing streak and two full years away. He's a feast or famine guy. He's got insane power. He's insanely athletic. He's going to beat most of the guys on any given night. He's very athletic. So he's going to be fast. He's going to be powerful. He's going to be in your face. He's The problem is his durability. And it's going to get questioned. His takedown defense is actually solid at 70%, but he has been taken down by some of the better guys in the division. I believe he was in that John Jones training camp with some of the other sort of monster heavyweights out That's one there. of his boys. He's taking on Josh Parisian. Josh Parisian's sort of a, a, a lunch pail striker. He's just going to come forward. Ton of output, not a lot of power. Uh, the volume does come at a cost, though, because he'll get tired, he'll start to slow down, and even the power he didn't have will diminish just a little bit. I actually say he doesn't have a lot of power. I called Parker Porter the last time I broke down Josh Parisian, and I said, does, does he have power? Because Parker fought him. And Parker was like, everything he threw hurt. He's like, he definitely has power. So I guess maybe I'm not giving him enough credit because he is fighting high man. He's, and he's fighting high-level guys, so just the fact he didn't knock them all out doesn't really mean much. But anyway, him a pussy. When you, well, when you compare these two, one of them is knocking people out with one punch and the other one is not. So when I say he has no power, that's what I'm going by. Because Josh does have 10 knockouts under his belt, but he's not that one-punch knockout guy. He's volume. He'll work in a takedown or two. Uh, he is coming off that loss to Jamal Pogues, though, where he gave up five takedowns. I like Josh Parisian in this fight, and and no offense to Walt Harris, but three or two years away and three losses in a row. Granted, those are quality losses before the layoff. They're all to like high-level people. But that's a long, long layoff. He's coming back. Josh Parisian's a tough guy. He's got a chin on him. He's not the guy that you're just going to blitz in, knock him out in the first 30 seconds and be done. So I think Josh will weather an early storm and then grind out a win here so i think josh will get it done but i agree with your don't bet on heavyweights rule uh yeah and i almost honestly bet on this fight because I, I i i for some reason I, I feel good about walt harris this week and i understand and what josh parisian if he's going to win the fight is going to be exactly what you said he's going to weather the storm he's going to survive just like marcine did in that last walt harris fight i mean walt harris was beating the absolute fuck at a marcine taboria <laughs> in that fight and then was got too aggressive got taken down and you've seen walt harris time and time again in those same situations having success having success and then he gets a little too aggressive he gets taken down he gets beaten up and he gets tired and then he, he ends up getting beat but the, the biggest thing that I saw and maybe this is too specific and maybe I'm looking into it too much in this fight but what I saw is is that is is jo Josh Jesus fought. Christ restart you alright just, I'm just talking man I'm just passionate it's just fucking passion 
when Josh True. fought Jamal in that in his last fight, there was a lot of times where Jamal was getting that left head kick up, and, and, and he was putting his hands up and he was blocking that. But one of Walt Harris's best shots is that head kick. He will snap that head kick much faster than Jamal with much more power, and he hurts people with it. And maybe it's just the, the one plus one equals two, and maybe it's, but I think that Walt Harris is going to come in, land those big power shots, get him moving backwards, moving side to side, and land that big head kick that hurts people time and time again, and he's going to finish this fight. I believe in Walt Harris. I believe in his power. I think he's going to come in against a durable guy, make a statement, and have a big win for him. I think he gets it done. Well, and uh, another two years an issue situation, right? Because two years, he can come back looking awful. Should have never come back. Quick payday. John Jones said, hey, I'll come back. Give my friends some fights, right? That could have been it. Or it could have been he did this full camp with John Jones. It's the best he's ever felt. He's going to be in phenomenal shape. His hands are going to be great. Like, could be all the things. All the things. So, lots of questions here. I'm going to avoid it because of that. Uh, the layoff is what's a bit uh, questionable. If you will, because again, we don't know what we're going to see. Maybe at weigh-ins, if Walt Harris comes out looking phenomenal at weigh-ins, then it's like, all right, that John Jones training camp, like that, that did him some good. So $8,900 in DraftKings, $7,300 in DraftKings. Listen, if you think, first of all, I wouldn't throw either one of them in a cash game. But if you think Walt Harris is going to get that early knockout, then $8,900 is, is well worth it on a weird card like this. If you think Josh Parisian is going to weather a storm and grind out a win, he might not be worth the $7,300. I got to look at his scoring because I don't know what he'll score because I don't think he'll finish Walt. Like, Walt has been finished, obviously, but by pretty dangerous guys. So I'll look a little closer in that DraftKings video. I'll break it down a little better after doing some research. We'll see what happens there. But this actually could be a, a one of the more fun heavyweight fights. Walt Harris has never been in a boring fight, so we don't have to worry about that. And Josh Parisian with Parker Porter set the heavyweight striking record. So... We know he's going to come forward and throw a bunch of strikes as well. So actually should be a pretty fun heavyweight fight. Become a premium member at wewantpicks.com. It's only $10 a month. And you'll have everything you have ever needed to be successful. Betting fights. Playing DraftKings. I'm fucking starving. Well, sounds like a you problem. Next up at UFC Vegas 77, we have Albert Durayev taking on Jun Young Park. Albert Durayev is 16-4 and four overall, 4-1 four and one in his last five, coming off that decision win over Chidi Injakawani. He's taking on Jun Young Park. He's 16-5 and five overall, 4-1 and one in his last five, riding a three-fight win streak. Durayev is a nasty wrestler. He's got good takedowns, very good top pressure, very good ground and pound. He sets up his Greco-style takedowns with leg kicks and cage bullying. Pretty straightforward game plan, right? He's just going to come forward and get that done. It's pretty hard to stop him from doing that. He's going to continue to pressure, continue to change wrestling. He's not going to break from that cycle. He's coming off that very close win over Chidi Njikwani where he did have two takedowns and four minutes of control. You may say, oh, but he was knocked out by Joaquin Buckley. He was. But they had some gym history going on There's there. There's a doctor so stoppage. I, I just, I just, like, I call those knockouts. It was a TKO. I call TKOs KOs. Anyway, he was TKO'd by Joaquin Buckley, but they had some gym history there, and uh, which could have messed with the psyche there. And Joaquin Buckley is a much more dangerous striker than Jun Young Park. Jun Young Park is a well-rounded guy. He's got a nice jab, good cage control, solid setup, solid takedowns. He's actually pretty good everywhere. Amazing nowhere, like what we talked about earlier. He's a jack of all trades. Math to a none. He doesn't have the big one-punch KO power. He doesn't have 
you know, wild submissions. And yes, he is coming off that submission win over Dennis Tululian, but that's very different than being this like dynamic grappler that could just throw something up and get it done whenever he wants to. He does have a solid striking differential of about five to four, and he averages two takedowns of his own per fight, and he has plenty of cardio. Junyun Park's the more well-rounded fighter here, but Albert Duryev is much better at the one thing that's going to matter in this fight. I think Albert Duryev is going to get the takedowns. I think he's going to get the control. Junyun Park is not dangerous like Joaquin Buckley to crack him or to put him out or to bust him open. So I think Duryev grinds out what is most likely a very boring win, but I think Duryev gets it done. And I'm just watching the line movement here because he continues to become a bigger underdog. And uh, as soon as I feel like it's hit its pinnacle or the peak, then I'll probably throw some money on uh, the money line for Doriev because I think he's going to get this done. What do you think, Jakey boy? Yeah, this. I mean, this is an, this is an obvious pick. This is this Alonzo Menafield last last week when I told you guys I have no idea why the fuck he's an underdog against a guy like Jimmy Crute. That was the most obvious lock of the week play of all time. And I literally could have easily done that. And I literally was like, nah, it's too obvious. Let me go something a little bit more extreme. It's going to be the same thing this week. This is a very obvious play for Al Duryev because he is the better fighter. I mean, he, I think he's the better overall fighter in the striking, in the wrestling, in the grappling. You look at the level of competition. You touched on it. Buckley, Cheedy, those are much different fighters than, yeah, John Young Park came in and finished Joseph Holmes. In that fight, he was kind of getting lit up a little bit on the feet by Joseph Holmes. Got out scrambled by Joseph Holmes. Joseph Holmes ended the, the end of the first round almost in like in a full mount situation against Junyoung Park. Then comes back and submits a guy like Dennis Tolulin, who, by the way, was my 10th win for my lock of the week streak. He beat uh, uh, Jimmy Pick in that fight. But he's not a, a level guy like Albert Doriev as well. And Doriev does have the wrestling. He does have the stand-up. I wish he would use his wrestling more. I think the reason why he he, uh, he lost that Chidi fight. He beat Chidi? It was a split he decision, beat, right? He beat Chidi. It was a split. Right. But he could have been a lot more dominant in that fight if he would have wrestled more because he was just trying to stand and bang with Cheedy. And even against a guy as dangerous as Cheedy, who's been knocking everyone out, he still did fine. I mean, he still did fine in the striking. I don't know. I have no idea. I know that he's coming off back-to-back finishes, win it, wins, Jung Yun Park. He's a very durable guy. He probably will make Duryev work in the takedowns, in the grappling, off his back, try to win some scrambles. And maybe there's a situation where Duryev doesn't hasn't been wrestling a lot. Now he comes in wrestle heavy, gets tired, and Park is able to reverse and maybe couple you know win the next couple rounds or whatever. But I have no I, I don't know why Duryev is the is the uh, is the underdog in this matchup. I think he is the overall better fighter, and uh, I think he should dominate. I mean, this is an easy lock of the week, but he's not going to be my lock of the week. So yeah, I uh, I uh, we agree. <laughs> so are you going to bet on him? Do you have a bet on him? Uh, I believe I do. I think that was my first, the first bet okay. I placed. Let me make sure. Yeah, I'm just using the line. I mean, I I'm do have my... a uh, pretty. Uh, I think I bet more than what I said as well. Looking at this, <laughs> I, so. uh, I I'm drinking my own champagne here because I am literally just watching the line movement tracker. I don't update it. We pay somebody to update it, but I'm watching the line movement tracker and I'm just watching it get a little wider, a little wider, and as soon as it starts to rebound, bang! I'm throwing on Albert Duryev because. You know, I think we agree here. Um, we want picks.com. It's only $10 a month, and you too can have access to the line movement tracker. And it's fights like this where it's huge. And maybe not this specific fight, but when you have your own opinion, your own thoughts, you have a direction you're leaning, and the line's doing something else, well, you can use that line movement tracker to keep an eye on it and watch what's going on there, and then go ahead and jump on your spot, or maybe even jump off if it's going the wrong direction. Oh, but. Boy. 
It's only $10 a month to unlock everything. $7,700 in DraftKings. I think that's solid money, especially if we're going to get the takedowns and control time. He's an underdog. You need underdogs in your DraftKings lineup. So uh, I think that makes sense as well. And with that same $10 at WeWantPicks.com, you unlock everything you've ever needed for DraftKings, including a lineup builder. Next up at UFC Vegas 77, we have the main event of the evening. Don't know why I did that. Because yeah, Holly, Holly looks like a valley girl. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that anyway, we got Holly Home 15 and 6. They do the. Do they? Holly Back Home. When you were in high school six. in the 80s. Holly Home. I was in high school in the 90s. Late 90s and early, <laughs> and yeah, early fucking, 2000s. I was a fucking nerd. <laughs> I graduated. You could not Summa cut high school. I don't know. That's college. Fucking valedictorian nerd. I graduated in 2001. Honors? In high school? Yeah. No. <laughs> not a nerd. Anyway. Well, so you're just a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Holly Holm, 15 and 6 overall. 3 and 2 in her last five. Coming out the decision win over Yana Santos. Taking on Myra Bueno Silva. 10 and 2 overall. 3, 1, and 1 in her last five, riding a three-fight win streak. Holly Holm, former Bantamweight champion of the world. A lot of people don't realize that or are forgetting that. The new COVID, post-COVID UFC crowd don't realize that. She's been at the upper echelon of this, this this division for almost 10 years. She's a very talented boxer. She was a professional boxer who moved over to MMA. She has beaten some of the best in the world. She is old. She's older than me. She's 41 years old. Mm -hmm. But I've mentioned this before, breaking her down. Age doesn't really matter with her style. She doesn't rely heavily on a chin. She doesn't rely heavily on sort of, the, you know, that youth movement or anything. She's long. She uses her reach. She uses her striking accuracy. She'll get you held up against the cage. She'll work in takedowns. She's always had plenty of cardio. That's not fading. And she can turn kickboxing matches into wrestling matches, or she can turn wrestling matches into kickboxing matches. She's got all the tools to dictate where a fight goes and what she wants to do with that. Plus, an insane career of high fight IQ. She's taking on Myra Brain Silva. She's a pretty good striker. She's got solid power, good kicks. She likes to charge forward, just bomb from there. She's a very good grappler as well, but her takedowns are kind of trash. She did get a couple of takedowns in her last fight, which were her first takedowns in the UFC, but she is dangerous on the ground. So taking her down may not be what you want to do at all times. I think this is a very straightforward fight for Holly Holm. I am surprised that this line is tightening. I think Holly Holm is better than Myra Buena Silva literally everywhere except BJJ. She's going to be the better striker. She's going to be the better wrestler. She's going to be bigger. She's going to be stronger. She's going to manage range better. She's going to have the higher fight IQ. And hopefully this isn't a Robert Whitaker Duplessis situation all over again because I was just as confident in him. But I just, the only way Meyer Buena Silva beats Holly Holm, in my opinion, is by a fluke submission, the same way Holly lost her belt when she had the belt. We have never seen Holly be chinny. I don't think today's going to be that day. Holly's been working in takedowns and cage control better than ever at her age. So I just think Holly Holm, I think she dominates this fight. I have a unit on her at minus 160. And if this line tightens even more, I may double down. What do you think, Jakey boy? 
Uh, let me start off by saying that I respect both these females, and I think I think they're both fantastic, both attractive young women, and uh, I would be lucky to, enough to date both of them. You know, you're either one of them. But I, I will say that Holly Holm is not Yanan Wu. Holly Holm is not Stephanie Yeager. Holly Holm is not Lena Landsberg, right? I mean, th- those are the last three wins that Bueno Silva has come through. And, and she's gotten, you know, a couple finishes, a, ni- a nice, you know, another nice win in there. So she is coming in three fights in a row. But this is next level competition. And we've already seen Bueno Silva fight Holly Holm. We literally have already seen it. That was the last loss. It was Manon Faroe. She fights very, very similar to Holly with the karate style, the boxing, the front kicks, the side kicks. And guess what happened in that fight? Bueno Silva got the absolute fuck beat out of her. Yeah, she is very, very tough. She was moving forward. She's got the Muay Thai. She was like, you know, she, she was bleeding. She was like, hit me more. She will eat shots to work in to the Muay Thai to land powerful shots. And she was trying to do that, but she could not get to Manon Fro. And Manon even got the takedowns. Stayed safe in the jiu-jitsu. Anytime that she, Bueno Silva got a little bit too pressure, boom, taken down, stayed safe. One that and just completely dominated that fight from Bella Bell. So we've already seen how Bueno Silva matches up against a style like Holly Holm. The issue for me when it comes to Holly Holm is she has been wrestling more and more and she has been clinching more and more. It's not the open style Holly sidekick, sidekicks, the point style. She will crash in and she, I believe she trusts her clinch work and she trusts her wrestling. But the last thing that you want to do, Holly, in this fight is go to the ground because Bueno Silva is very, very dangerous. Arm bars, triangles, will reach under for knee bars, heel hooks. She will do everything on the ground and that is when she's going to be, mo- I know she's a powerful striker and she's got power in her hands and that is a, 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 a threat as well. But her most live part is if it goes to the ground you cannot go to the ground with Bruno Silva so with everything said I think that this is one of the more obvious picks on the card for a girl like Holly Holm I'm completely on Angelo's side on that wow but oh the way I've been picking main events the last fucking four six eight weeks whatever it's been it hasn't been since the Reagan administration that I've picked a main event correctly with all that said I think Holly should dominate this fight from bell to bell my pick is Myro Bueno Silva to get the upset I don't know how it's gonna happen I think Holly's gonna wrestle and get caught in something I'm going with the Brazilian even though everything is telling me to pick Holly home. So I'm going against myself. It just stop trying anything at this point to get a main event correct. I'm going with Bueno Silva to get it done. <laughs> just, so you I think agree Holly with Holm wins you this? Said, yeah, and yeah, then I, but, I literally put in my notes, I did the full card Twitter breakdown. I said, everything is telling me the obvious pick is Holly. So I'm going with the Brazilian. <laughs> well, I mean, she's younger, she should be more dangerous. Better looking. They're both great, but I think she's the better looking. Well, that's if you guys want to watch that uh, man and Fro fight back, she does lo- get a little underboob, a little slippage, a little more wardrobe <laughs> malfunction if you guys are into that sort of thing. How many people are going to go to bed watching that fight that night? I mean, we just watched our live viewers. <laughs> our live viewers went from 350 to 200. Like, brrr. Anyway. Um, they were waiting to hear so my we, pick. Exact same read, completely different picks again, but... Jacob's just picking opposite his brain for some reason here. Well, so uh, I do have to check Holly Holmes' DraftKings scores because $8,600, while it is five rounds, I don't know how well it'll score. Although, 
takedowns do score well. Control time does score well. So I just got to see what that looks like, how she's been, uh, how she's been doing in those fights. Since to your point, she's been wrestling and clinching a lot more in her last two fights than she has in her last, you know, the ten before that. But that's the beauty of Holly Holm, just constantly evolving. And um, well, I think she gets it done. I'll have to look closer at the scoring for DraftKings. This is just an. Holly Holm has a bad record against Brazilian fighters. I mean, I guarantee... I'm never picking against Brazilians ever again. I'm just going to pull up... Literally. Literally. This stuff is just always so wrong. I think some of my biggest losses last weekend were against Pantoja and against Denise Gomes. Um, Well, I said nobody should be betting on Yaryui here. She was just knocked down in her last fight, if only people listened. Um, Okay, Holly Holm only has six losses. Ketlin Vieira, that was a bullshit loss. Shouldn't have happened. Amanda Nunes is the GOAT. Fuck, man. She does only lose to Brazilians. <laughs> I don't know. Wait. Valentina Shevchenko and Misha Tate. So she lost to one, two, four of her six Misha's losses to Brazilians. Misha's kind of got the Brazilian flair, though. Yeah. Sorry, Edward. That's sexy. Oh, that was a much better one. Anyway, guys, that's the breakdown. Let me send you 50 bucks. I owe you. But first, just go to weonpicks.com slash bets. Sign up with any one of our betting partners. Click on the link. Make a deposit. And we will send you 50 bucks as a thank you. It's affiliate marketing. They're going to pay me. I'm going to swip swap, slap off a piece of that, and give it right back to you. JR says, oh, here's a super chat from JR Ranks. Sorry, my bad. Chat's moving fast. I'm putting my life savings on Jacob's next Junior Ranks. Junior Ranks. Um, I would not do that, Junior. I know. Who's oh, next it's gonna be a. Uh, it's I gonna know be a fucking good one. Is. This is a fun one. This is. Uh, yeah, we. I guess. Lock if of the you want to spoil it, go ahead. Well, no, it's too late. Our wait, how many people are in here? So still three hundred people in here. Now nah, we'll just wait. I put it. In, some people in Discord know, but they're probably gonna lie about who it is. Big mistake. Big mistake. It's gonna be a lot um, of fun though. Don't forget, guys, premium membership is not just me and Jacob. You get Artem's bets, his analysis, his picks, and he does far more than just UFC, which is helpful for you true degenerates. And we have the pick doctor. That's the uh, nuclear physicist who's developing an AI for us. It has been picking underdogs at an insane rate. We'll see if that continues. It is in beta. Don't just blindly tail. You got the line movement tracker. Some impressive line movement this week. Keep an eye on your fighters, your lines. Oh, my God. I have to sneeze. Oh, bless you. Bless your heart. Oh, bless your little heart. <laughs> you, you know, the every time odds, you sneeze, because somebody's odds. thinking about you naked. <laughs> wow. You're going to get the opening odds, the current odds, the win probability, and the line movement for every single fighter on the card. You're also going to get detailed data, metrics, and analytics. This is 38 columns. There's nowhere else that you're going to find 38 columns of your fighters that week, and they're just detailed data and information, fantasy data, striking data, grappling data, historical fights, betting odds, all that information left to right, color-coded, the whole shaboom available to you. You're also going to get courses. We have added courses. If you want to learn more about DraftKings and how to play DraftKings Fantasy, check out the Beginner's Guide course. Even if you just need to hop in very quickly and uh, use the glossary there because 
people like to use terms that not everybody knows, punt, rake, ceiling, bankroll, GPP. All of those definitions are right there for you, ready to go. Any last words for the peeps? Uh, nope. Lock of the week video. Probably people are asking in the chat, probably tomorrow afternoon, maybe tomorrow evening. We still got to figure that one out. Live stream Saturday. Live streams are definitely back Saturday. And it's going to be a long, because this is like a pay-per-view fucking time. Yeah, you didn't do the pay-per-view because it was late, and then this is late. And thank God, I there's no way I would have survived that fucking... <laughs> there's, I mean, there's no way I would have survived that. I would have been literally chasing money. It would have been fucking rough. But we're back in a big way. And we got some cool things for the stream, too. We got uh, some different things added. Got I got a stream deck, deck and uh, all sorts of stuff. So we're going to have some fun with it Saturday. And uh, we just appreciate everyone that tunes in and every single week and likes the streams and all the support and all the comments and just everyone that's in there that's not doing any of that stuff. We still appreciate the watch and the, uh, and the listen. Hundred percent, and just just to uh, reiterate what I said earlier, we I think we flexed up to like three hundred and sixty live viewers, maybe even a little more. There are two shows that went live at the same time as us that have a larger audience than we do, just from raw subscribers. Their combined live viewership was one hundred and seventy-eight, and we're against tough too. And we just it's it's not possible that any of you guys. So we thank do you all very bigger much. numbers than Connor fucking McGregor, and you can tell him I fucking said that. He'll care. I'm all over his documentary, so if he does make a comeback, they may, they may splice and dice that. Real I like shit on me. Silva, man. I think she's got a girlfriend or something, but I, there's something about her look, something in her Dude, eyes. You see this picture and you're like, mm, because something, it's like the eyes and the lips, I think, or something. Okay. There's something about her go. just gets me I going. Go. Guys, thanks so much. We on Pix.com become a premium member. Help fund our dreams.